0: What is up, you two? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Tuesday, October 10th, 20 and 23. The Buck and I are here until 10 o'clock. Still recapping plenty from the sports weekend that was. We'll also talk about some of the sports happenings from yesterday as the Raiders pick up the Monday Night Football win over the Green Bay Packers. We'll talk some Major League Baseball playoffs as well. What a finish in Atlanta in Game 2 of that NLDS. The LA Dodgers are in some serious, serious trouble out in la-la land. Of course, the Astros and Rangers get back in action today. We'll continue to recap Texas and OU Steve Sarkeesian met with the media yesterday to give some more thoughts on what went wrong for the Longhorns at the Cotton Bowl this past Saturday. We'll talk some NFL, we'll talk some other college football, plus we'll have some fun like we always do on Bucky and BK. What's going on, Buck? How
1: are you doing this morning, BK?
0: I'm good, my friend. How about you?
1: I'm doing fantastic, and good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cabasas, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much for what you do for us. We do appreciate it, and thank you to your families for uh, providing you to us. We do appreciate that, also. Thank you.
0: Yes, and don't forget, because today is Tuesday, we will have another patented Bucky's Tips for Kids yeah our line coming up in about twenty minutes. So if you're getting the kiddos ready for school this morning and they're looking for some advice, make sure you are tuned in to Bucky's Tips for Kids, brought to you by Relax the Back, coming up at about. 820 today. All right, Buck. Steve Sarkeesian. I lied to the people yesterday. I was wrong. I did not think he was going to meet with the media yesterday because it was an off week. He did. The players did not meet with anybody yesterday. So that's where my mix up happened. So we've got nothing from the players, but we do have some things from the head coach following Texas's loss to Oklahoma this past weekend. We'll start with, uh, boy, it was a long opening statement from Steve Sarkisian. He went full Brent Venables and talked for like five and a half minutes. A little fire hose he, action. Uh, before he fielded any questions yesterday. But we'll start with uh, some of that opening statement. Here's Steve Sarkisian just kind of talking about all of the things that went wrong in Texas's first loss of the
2: season. Obviously, the turnovers were a factor, not, not necessarily because of the points that came off of it. I thought our defense did a great job of minimizing three turnovers to only seven points. But those are momentum plays, right? They, they create momentum for you uh, when you can generate them. And so three to nothing in turnovers was an issue. Um, the nine penalties were an issue because that was, that's out of character for us. You know, I think we're averaging just about four penalties a game, and, and to have nine in the game, uh, the pre snap penalties uh, were an issue um, obviously the unsportsmanlike conduct after the block punt uh, you know roughing the punter uh, which in turn they end up scoring on that drive so those were those were issues in the game um, you know three red zone trips for us to, to only come out of those those three trips with three points uh, quite frankly is probably the, the biggest deciding factor in the game uh, you know, because you know our ability to move the ball wasn't in question, but our ability to, to put the ball in the end zone was. Um, and then conversely, they have six trips into the red area and they score 34 points. Uh, so if you just look at it that way and do the math, um, that that was an issue. Um, obviously, the end of the half and end of the game defense, you know, our inability to get stops there uh, were, were issues in the game. You know, five sacks uh, that came a variety of ways, you know, putting us behind the chains offensively were, were hurt. Uh, and then conversely, not having very good rush lanes on our end to allow uh, their quarterback to move in the pocket, move up in the pocket, keep his vision was a factor as well.
1: Well, yeah, your team made a lot of mistakes. That's what that means. You <laughs> we were in a game and winning a game and your team made a lot of mistakes and you lost the game because your team made a lot of mistakes, you know, with the penalties, the turnovers, you know. I mean, so there was a penalty on that that blocked punt when I saw yeah. the kid with his helmet off and I saw a flag go up. I mean, those are things that – I mean, those are things, you know, we talk about this team being a mature team, BK. Those are things that show lack of maturity still. That's not – that's, you know, you can't get that excited in the game. You know you, know you can't take your helmet off on you, – you can't take your helmet off You've been told a million times to go celebrate with your team on the sideline, take your helmet off. You, in a field of play, you can't take your helmet off. So to get excited about a punt block and all that stuff, it just can't happen. That's that's just a part of that's a part of your deal. That's a part of being a football player. It's like going out there without your helmet actually and playing in a play. You can't do that.
0: Yeah, that's not a Big 12 rule. That's not a, yes. oh, the refs hate Texas rule. No. That's a universal rule at every level of football, right? You can't take the helmet off when you're yeah. on the field. Even then, I the saw playoffs. it, I'm like,
1: oh, my God, this kid is that excited that the official's standing right there and he pulls his helmet off and jumps in celebration. I'm like, no, something's going to happen. And then I saw the flag go up, and I'm thinking maybe it was something well, but that's a – what is that? That's unsportsmanlike conduct. That's what that is.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well – Steve Sarkeesian basically just did our Monday show right then and there. I mean, it took him a minute and a half to basically talk about everything that we talked about yesterday, right? All of the things that went wrong for the Longhorns, more penalties than they've had in any game this season. A few of them were backbreakers. Obviously, the turnovers were a huge, huge issue. They were minus three in the turnover battle, and you're not going to win very many football games, especially against a good team like Oklahoma, but even against Bad teams, you're going to struggle to find ways to win if you're minus three in the turnover battle. And the dumb penalties, the lack of discipline, the end-of-half defense, right? It was both yes. halves. I mean, Oklahoma should have scored touchdowns at the end of both halves, right? Texas got lucky at the end of the second quarter. Yeah, they only two OU's, Yeah, OU's running back, Towie Walker, dropped what would have been a walk-in touchdown on the second-to-last play of the half. The last play of the half was the field goal that they got and obviously, I don't have to tell anybody what happened in the second half on Oklahoma's final offensive possession. So that was an issue. And then the red zone offense, we talked about it. It was 109th in the country going into that game against Oklahoma. Texas now ranks 122nd in the country in terms of red zone touchdown percentage. 122nd in the country. If they don't get that fixed, this team is not making the college football playoff. Maybe. Maybe. Because the schedule's bad, because the Big 12 sucks, maybe they could still find their way to Arlington. I don't know if they're beating Oklahoma if they get a rematch, if they can't get their red zone offense figured out. They're liable to slip up at least once if they keep coming up empty. I mean, hell, they couldn't even get field goals in this game against Oklahoma. Field goals would have been nice against the Sooners, sure. But if they keep failing to punch the ball into the end zone once they get into the red area then sorry, this team is not doing all of the things that we had hoped they were capable of doing.
1: Yeah, he's got to find other ways besides bringing defensive players into his offensive huddle and getting something done. I mean, it's, I mean it is tough all over, all over football in that scoring zone. The defenses have found a way. But when you're at the one-yard line, you have got to push the ball in. You have got to do something. You don't have to get gimmicky there. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's where you just say, hey, listen, we're just, you're supposed to be better and more physical than the team you played on Saturday. But I, I worry about any team that they play on any given Saturday now if they're down there at the two or the three that they don't know how to get it in. They haven't figured out a way. So that's one of the things they need to go back to work. Yeah, it's, you know, the kids that went home with, their, with the families and stuff, probably time to come on back here and get back to work and start figuring. I mean, these coaches have been in meetings now trying to figure out what they're going to do. They can't let that just stand. They can't hope that they can bring two, two defensive linemen in there and punch it in from the one and say – okay, this is what we do. We're going to continue to do that. That's, that would be crazy to think that's what you're going to do. they are going to either have to spread out the defense and give your running back, who's one of the best in the business, an opportunity to find his own crease without anybody in his way, you know, for a yard, for a touchdown. You're yeah, going to have to think be- of something. I don't know. They'll, they'll spend nights and nights of not sleeping trying to figure out ways to do this. But you don't get a chance to actually do it. You know, you get the chance to do it against your defense. And now – Looking at your defensive line, you're going to question, oh, if we punch it in against them at practice, what the hell does that mean? I mean, Mm. does it mean that they're – I mean, we're going against the – I mean, what are we now? Because there's question marks on the defensive line and this offensive line now and the play calling in the red zone. So there's questions that come out. Obviously, there's questions that come out if you lose a game, period. But when you lose a game of this importance, lots of questions will come out. People will question everything. I don't – I don't – I don't – I don't question the heart of the football team and what they do in the fourth quarter. I question, coach, why weren't they ready to play? He hasn't, he hasn't answered that question. Obviously he thinks that they weren't flat coming out of the game. They just, they look flat. I mean, as a, as a bystander of somebody that's been around the game, they look flat to me and that's, that's hard for him to admit that he's, he's not going to say that to the media. He's not going to say, well, we were flat. No coach will come out and say that, you know, but I thought I, I thought he would take the blame and say, you know what? I did not have this team excited about this football game. And that's hard to do because you as a player, you have a responsibility in, in a rivalry game too to prepare your damn self, you know,
0: and be excited. You this- got a responsibility for every game. I don't care if it's a rivalry game. You get 12 of these this season. got to. Right be bowed up and ready to play and look the hope was when texas got the ball first to start the game that they were going to be able to land the first punch right they were going to be able to march down the field and put points up on the board to send a message to oklahoma that hey this is going to happen again right what happened in 2022 is about to happen to y'all in 2023 but instead first play of the game negative play second play of the game interception Oklahoma gets the ball, huge momentum shift and then they're able to land the first couple of punches because they find their way into the end zone a few plays later and it's just like, yeah, from that moment on it was just had Texas it, it was took uphill. them a while to get going. Uphill.
1: Yeah, it was an uphill battle for them and they just it didn't like it you know, that second series, that third series was kind of like, eh. and it didn't look like there was any excitement about, okay, we're down 7, let's go. Yeah. No, let's turn it over again. Let's I mean, it just it wasn't a mature football team on Saturday. It was a bunch of guys looking at each other and they weren't looking at each other. Who's going to make a play. They were looking at each other because they were questioning what, what's going on with our football team. We're not playing like the number three team in the nation, not just, you know, the best in the big 12, but we're not playing like a top three team in the nation. We're just kind of, we're not as mature as we think we are. There are a lot of questions that they'll, they'll, I mean, the football players will have to answer some of that stuff themselves. They're going to look at each, each other and say, you know, what the hell. So.
0: Yep, comment from Justin. You know, I made the title of this video Can Texas Still Make the CFP? And Justin thinks there's no chance. I also did this for clickbait. So thank you for clicking, Justin. You did exactly what I wanted you to do. But look, there are still some Longhorn fans out there. And I don't think it's only Longhorn fans. I think there are folks around the country who still believe that there is a shot for Texas to make it to the CFP this year. Now, if they keep playing like they did this past Saturday, Probably not, but if they play like they did through the first five weeks of the season, there's an opportunity that is out there. And I brought it up yesterday. I think about what Oklahoma did in 2018, right? Oklahoma was undefeated going into the Cotton Bowl. They lost to Texas on that dicker, the kicker kick. A lot of people were saying, oh, with that defense, how the hell is Oklahoma going to make it to the playoff? Well, they righted the ship. They figured out their issues. They went out. They won the rematch against Texas in the conference championship game, and they still made it to the college football playoff. So there is still a path for Texas to get there, but Buck, do you believe that this Texas team is capable of actually doing that?
1: I think this team is still capable of winning the Big 12 championship. I'm not giving up that part. Remember, I, I mean, I didn't have them as an undefeated team. I had them as a one-loss team. Okay, they've lost. Now they have to right the ship, go back and play this same team again and not let the same mistakes happen to them. Maybe they will be a mature team by the end of the football season and ready to play. But I, I don't know why – I don't understand why people think that they can't. That's all they were talking about yesterday in and, and all, the, all the sports outlets was the fact that this rematch – That's people were talking about this rematch yep. in the Big 12 championship game. And after, after what we saw on Saturday, you'd be thinking rematch? I mean, what are you talking about rematch? But that's what, that's what people that know football are talking about, this rematch. Yeah, they, there are other people that – besides – Texas fans that don't believe believe that there will be a rematch up in Arlington here in December.
0: Yeah. Good point by CB in 2008, Texas beat Oklahoma. OU played for the national championship and that was before the CFP, right? When only two teams had a shot at the national title. Now that was BS that they got to play for that title and Texas didn't, but uh, yeah, look, the blueprints out there, it's been done in this conference before and losing to, a top 12 team that's now ranked number 5 on a neutral right. site that's not a bad loss like it's not losing to Houston it's not losing to Baylor it's losing to a very very good Oklahoma team and Texas absolutely Who I don't has. believe we'll
1: lose another game this season either Right yeah look
0: if we don't get a rematch it's on Texas Because right. Oklahoma Oklahoma's not going to lose twice I don't think they're going to lose once in the Big 12 because they you know the Big 12 sucks and they don't play Kansas State they do have to play Kansas, but I don't know if Jalen Daniels is going to play in that game. OU is going to be favored. All of the metrics and Vegas, and everybody expects them to run the table the rest of the way. So right. if OU loses once, they're still going to make it to Arlington. They're not going to lose twice. If we don't get a rematch, it's because Texas slips up somewhere else and they've got two losses in the Big 12, and somebody else only has one or they have two and they get the tiebreaker over Texas. So it's well, on I, Texas don't believe to this. Do- I
1: definitely don't believe that the college the college football playoffs will take – Two teams from the Big 12. If Texas were to go on and beat Oklahoma in in the championship, somebody's not going. Texas would be going because they won the Big 12 championship. They would be the Big 12 champs. They would go. Oklahoma would not. They would find a way. They're not taking two teams from the Big 12. I don't believe that would happen.
0: No, God, they would never do that, but especially not this year considering how bad this conference is. I mean, there's no chance that that happens. And, yeah, I think if Texas does get a rematch and they win the rematch, they're going to get the nod – sure over Oklahoma, because number one, they won the big 12 title and the committee likes for conference champions to get in there. But number two, the Alabama game, like, OU would get punished in that scenario because they they didn't play anybody in the non-con and Texas went to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. So look, we're a long way to go. I mean, Texas has to take care of its business, right? They've got to win these next six games for, yeah, they've got to take
1: care of their daily business and they've got to find a way to score touchdowns and quit all the, all the, all the, fancy dancy stuff down the goal line and get down there and power, power the ball in from the one or throw it. I don't care how you get it in anymore. I'm not even thinking about this big offensive line and doing what they need to do. I'm just, I'm just thinking of, you need to score touchdowns, Sark. Your job is to figure out, you know, scheme a guy open. I don't care if it's double pass. I don't care if it's reverses. I don't care what it is, but don't bring those defensive guys in there. I don't want to see those guys anymore. That's in my, in my mind, that's, that's just, that's, that's, Silliness. That's that's novelty stuff. You got away with it once. It's nice. It was cute. It was great for the kid who caught the touchdown pass. It was great to make the teams think of it. But now you're starting to jam it up in there and put those big butts in there. No thanks. Let yeah. let the, one of the best running backs in the nation find his own crease and let's go. Let's well, let,
0: let's, let's hear from Stark. Let's hear from Stark because you talked about accountability. He did take some accountability at the press conference yesterday. He was asked, here's a QA between Sark and Kirk Bowles of the Austin American statesman, who you still read. A yes, couple that's of times right. Because you're buying the hard copy over hard there copy. at seven eleven. Shout out to our friends at seven eleven. Yes, she's. Thank you. Love those folks. Uh, here's a Q and A between Kirk Bowles and Steve Sarkeesian talking about the goal line play calling, namely that sequence early in the fourth quarter where Texas had first and goal from the one yard line and couldn't punch it in. Here's the back and forth.
2: The four tries from the one.
0: That sucked. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is that, do you see that as a,
2: a toughness issue and did you just no. felt like you should have been more creative there uh I, no i don't think it was toughness at all um you know the the, the first down play you know their, their kid makes a, a really nice play he kind of shoots the gap and, and gets into to jonathan brooks's legs uh the second down call Um, that was the sequencing of those two calls and I knew I was going to go with there Um, and the edge just we just don't get enough of the edge and we get the ball down to the one again quite frankly if I could do it all over again I would have changed the third down call Um, I might have ran what I ran on fourth down on third down um, which I don't know if that's creative enough or not, but I probably would have done that on third down and then gone to something a little bit different on fourth down. So, uh, you know, we call it stubborn, whatever it was. You know, I went back to the first down call on third down and, and obviously not effective enough. And I'd love for us to execute it a little bit better than we did, but um, that's that's the way it goes sometimes, you know. And so, um, but, yeah, it sucked.
1: Yeah, that I mean, that, that's mumbo and jumbo, and, yeah, it sucked. And, yeah, we all would like for you to execute that a little bit better. We'd actually like for you not to do that again. That's, that's what we really would like for you to do. I mean, for, for me back in the day, this is where I'd have – this is where I had guys like Priest Holmes that were going over the top of everybody, and I didn't need a fat ass in the middle of all that pile to go over anybody. I don't need any extra bodies, you know. Uh, they don't go airborne. A lot of teams don't like to do it. A lot of teams don't have a guy that will that'll leap up there. All they'll do is leap over into the big fat guy and fall on top of him and don't make the one-yard part of it. They don't have a guy that they, they can do that. I know, I know one thing. I, I thought of this last night, BK. I'm thinking, well, the one guy is six foot, almost six foot two, C.J. Baxter. But I, I talk about him getting too many carries. Am I going to give it to a freshman in that situation? You know, they're all – No. They're all, why would you, there's why would no you way, do that? Right?
0: Huh? I want not you give it to Jonathan Brooks? You just said that. Yeah, I, well, to
1: me, that's my first choice is to – move out all the rest of the, the big bodies and let that guy find his little crease and, you know, and tighten up his body and do what he's been doing all year long. You know, I, I just don't need the gimmicks. And no, I, it, it, toughness, this team is tough enough. You know, it's, they just need, they need to find something different. They need to motion. He needs to move people out of the way. I don't care if they put everybody out to the right and give me a couple defenders and let Jonathan Brooks get a yard. He'll find a crease. If you can get a body on a body, he'll make somebody miss in the hole. But he ha- you can't come have a linebacker come clean, hit your 360-pounder in the mouth, and knock him back into the guy. It's, that doesn't work. Well, it's better for, a, for a, a running back to have a clear vision than to think that you're going to power somebody with the fridge or whatever. I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, Texas was not tough enough on Saturday. At, at like, at, I mean, at,
1: at most parts of the game.
0: Right, Sark's going to defend his guys, of course. He's going to wear yeah. some of that blame. And the play calling sucked. I'm not absolving Sark for basically running the same play three times in a row and not having it work on any of them. But, uh, no, Texas lost the battle of physicality up front, and I think that goal line stand by OU's defense was a microcosm of what happened the rest okay, of the way. Yeah, yeah. And, and before we get to your tip for kids, Buck, I mean, there, there are three things, three things that Texas can do to fix the goal line issues, okay? Number one, do what the Eagles do. The brotherly shove, the tush push, whatever the hell you want to call that. You can do it in college football, just like the Eagles can do it in the NFL. Run that play. Number two, and you could even combine this with number one if you wanted to, but you've got a 6'6", 240-pound quarterback just sitting there on the bench, dude. Put that dude in there. Get him under center. And quarterback sneak it. he shouldn't need anybody to push him from behind because he's <laughs> that big. he should be able to just fall forward and pick up a yard or two. But hey, if you want to combine that with number one, be my guest. Those are easy, man. The QB sneak is the most successful short yardage play in all of football, and the brotherly shove thing is even more successful than just the traditional QB sneak. If you don't want to do it If you don't want to do it with viewers because you don't trust him or you don't want him getting hurt, fine. Bring in Malik Murphy. It's, you've got one of the deepest quarterback rooms in the country, if not the deepest. Use that depth right there. And then number three, if you want to do something different than that, what about Code Red? What about Savion Red? Like that package has worked this year. Why not try that? Put that dude out there. Put Jonathan Brooks next to him so you've got two running options. Hell, we saw Savion Brooks could throw it. That was responsible for a touchdown sure. on that fourth down play. Like put that dude in the game. Like do do something instead of bringing defensive players into the game for three plays in a row in the biggest sequence of the game. Like there are things easy, easy things, easy things. I, I agree,
1: BK. Because once again, those two players, Sweat and, and Murphy, are not going up spending time with your running backs on how to block. They're just big bodies that it's a novelty, and and Sark thinks okay they'll punch the guy down because of their their size. But they're not used to blocking. They're they're used to stuffing runs, not blocking for the run. They don't practice that. They're not spending 15 minutes of practice time. They're over with the defense. Leave them over with the defense. Find somebody else. Find one of these tight ends. Find find helm or gunner helm or somebody who's used to they block. That's what they do. They're um. blockers. They know how to angle people and block. Those other dudes are just bodies. That's that's gimmick football right there, BK. That's all that is.
0: God, I just I don't want them to do this because I don't trust a defensive line with the football ever, but would, oh, would no, anybody be able to, be to, be to stop oh,
1: the right? No, no, Fridge. We're not doing – that's going to be the next step. You realize Sark is not giving up on this, right? You realize right. when they get down there, he's going to prove a point to us all that this worked, and the next thing to do is Sweat's going to carry the ball or Murphy's going to carry the ball.
0: Yeah. It's going to happen. I think the worst thing Sark said on Saturday after the game was we take a lot of pride in our goal line offense and our red zone offense. It's like, dude, that's that's what you've been the worst at this year. You shouldn't be taking pride in that. There are tons of things to take pride in with the way this season has gone for Texas, right? But the goal line slash red zone offense, that no. ain't one of them. You should be embarrassed by that because, well, it costs you the game on Saturday, and it's one of the worst in all of college Yeah, this football.
1: is when the coach should throw himself under the bus.
0: He did. I mean, he did in that cut. He's like, I, I screwed up. I, It sucked. I called the wrong plays. I got stubborn. He used that word that I think every Texas fan has used to describe that yes, sequence. That was like, stubborn. It was bad. It was bad by Stark, And, um, you know, they got to fix it. They've got to fix it. All right. It's a little past 820 on a Tuesday, which means it's time for another one of Bucky's tips for kids in the car line brought to you by our friends at Relax the Back. What you got today, Buck?
1: You know what? Relax the Back. I got them for sure because I'm sitting in this chair. And from my strolls around the fairground park, my back has been crushed BK over the last two days. But I've been in my relaxed the back chair and my lumbar area and my thoracic back has felt so good. I have taken this chair out from behind the desk and just sat in it because I need this support for my back. My back was sore. It has been crazy. But thanks to the folks at Relax the Back with their two locations, you know, across in the in the gallery across from the Whole Foods and in Austin across from the Gateway Shopping Center. You can feel pain free like the back with, like the buck with relaxed back, no doubt. And for kids in the car line, check this out. The difference between ordinary and extraordinary is a little extra. That's the difference, kid. The difference between ordinary and extraordinary is just a little extra. You know who said that? The dictionary, because that's how it's spelled. Jimmy Johnson.
0: Ah, the NASCAR guy.
1: No, not that guy. Your guy, Jimmy Johnson.
0: Uh, the guy that Jerry fired How you, like for... How you like them Cowboys? Oh, man. Is that why that was your tip for kids today? You just wanted to take a dig at me for the Cowboys being no, all
1: No, It's just a little extra. That's all. You've got to give a little extra so you can be extraordinary. You know? Mm, the that's that's important, kids. Just don't be ordinary. Just give that little extra. Be extraordinary. I like that. Maybe you need – I'll have to talk to Sark about that little tip right there for – for his kids in the car line,
0: you know? The difference between ordinary and extraordinary is not being a dumbass in the red zone.
1: <laughs> and call it the same play three times. Really? <laughs> That's the tip
0: for Sark at the car line.
1: You don't believe that the guy who drinks the – puts the fire hose up to his mouth understands what you're doing when you bring those sluggos in? Really? Uh... they under... They do know that. You know they understand what happens. It's almost like when you go motion and Xavier Worthy's to that side, it's going to be a quick screen over to him. It's going to be a swing screen. You do it every time. You don't do anything different off of it. How about something a little different off of that move, that
0: maneuver, so you don't start the game out minus two? The big issue, I went back and re-watched that play. Texas actually had Oklahoma out-leveraged on that play, but Jatavion Sanders couldn't block anybody because he's messed up. And you talked about that. Like, that's Jatavion Sanders, who – maybe shouldn't have even been out there on yes. Saturday because he, he was clearly limited. Now he gave it a go. I'll give him some credit. Sure. sure he was cleared medically, but it was obvious that he was not hundred percent. Like he, he can't be the lead blocker on that play. No. Not that Texas has receivers who are great at blocking. That's been an issue that we've talked about at times this year. Or they but they at least
1: get in the way that dude didn't even get in the way.
0: Yeah. He, he could, just didn't he have it. You can't the put mobility. him in that
1: position. That's bad right there yeah. to put him in that position, the first play of the game. And you don't even know if he's actually going to play in the game. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He's got a bad ankle. That's I mean, between the tight end coach and the head coach, you got to look at each other and say, did we really just put that kid in there to make a key block out in open space with a with a bummed up ankle? Uh yes, we did. That's exactly yeah. what we did.
0: Yeah, that's got to be a Gunner Helm or a Jordan Whittington. Sure. A...
1: Why not Whittington?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's once again, you go back and look, and there was only really one Oklahoma defender there. I'm not saying worthy. the was about to break it for a 75-yard touchdown. But if Sanders picks up that block or if He's not getting minus two. It's not minus two. Yeah, it's probably a first down. It's probably like a nice 10, 11, 12-yard gain to open up the game, and boom, you get in rhythm. And And maybe uh, you actually run the ball on the second play. Maybe you do that instead of throwing an interception, which just completely flipped the game on its head. And and out of all this
1: madness, this team is still good enough to grow through the rest of this conference and see that same team in December. But if you play like this – and your team comes out flat like they did because there's not an explanation for that. That's, that's the guys who come out and play. You can look at the coaches, but if, if nothing happened that, that throws, throws this deal off, that's the, the players. I mean, you're responsible for your, getting your own ass up. You're not, your coaches aren't responsible for getting you up in a game like that. You've been playing in this game. You know what this game is about. You get yourself up. You know You don't have anybody have to pump you up to play Oklahoma. By the way, like you said, or pump you up to play anybody. You're the number three team in the nation. Why do you have to have somebody pumping you up to go into that field? And that atmosphere on Saturday, I mean, that's a shame. That's a shame for the players.
0: Yep. It was a sluggish start for Texas, and there was just just a lot of mistakes, man. And Oklahoma's too good of a team to make that many mistakes against. They're going to capitalize. And they, and,
1: they, and they underestimated the team like a lot of us did. Like I did talking about the schedule. They just didn't have the schedule. no. That game is a different game. I should know better. I shouldn't talk like that. Never will again. I got caught up in the fact that they didn't play a really tough schedule and that this team how good was really Oklahoma. It doesn't matter in that game. It doesn't yeah. matter how good they were or who they
0: played before. It's who they played that day. Right. I think Texas maybe got caught up in that too. I think they got caught At up in 49 in to they got caught up in 49 to nothing last year. Sure. And look, they they hurt like they didn't have the same juice or energy that they had in Tuscaloosa back in week two not even close leading up to that game it was all ah, you don't beat Alabama at their place like Texas come on it's Texas and it's Alabama and Nick Saban Texas ain't winning that game and that clearly fueled Texas uh this past week it was all yeah Oklahoma hadn't played anybody and last year was 49 to nothing and Texas has that win over Alabama and yeah I mean a, a lot of that narrative was going on and it looked like Oklahoma was pissed off, right? It looked like they used that as motivation to be ready to go for this game on Saturday. And Texas was, you know, kind of sleepwalking at times in that game. So, can't do it in that game. You just you can't do it. No, can't do it. Can't do it. All right, let's uh, let's give some love to some of our great sponsors before we shift gears. Buck, you and I were talking before the show about the uh, covert BK vehicles that oh, they yeah. lent us and how tough the it was to yes. give those back yesterday. I Man. brought them back safely. Yeah, well, thankfully, you found it in Dallas. <laughs>
1: yeah, the Cobra family have been fantastic to us, and they've been fantastic to Central Texas since 1909, serving Central Texas, selling cars and trucks. Folks, they've got a beautiful 42-acre facility out there with, carrying seven brands, Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And, folks, they've got 86 service bays throughout the area there, so you don't have to wait around. You're not spending hours waiting for your car to be fixed. And if you bought a, a Ford anywhere from Covert, if you bought it in Bastrop, I mean, if you bought it in Hutto and you need to get it fixed and you don't want to go all the way out to Hutto, just bring it right back to, to B-Cave. They'll get it done right there. The folks here have everything that you need, every car, every truck that you need. And there is a variety out on the lot. Now, when you look around a lot of lots around town, you look and you say, well, there's three nice cars. When can I get a car? At Covert's, the place is packed. The lot is packed with all the cars that you're looking for, for sure. I want to say hello to Stacey. I'm glad she's feeling good. And Mike and Dan and the whole gang over there, Jerome. Folks, go to covertbks.com for more information on the great sales that they have out there by the week. Not by the month, not by the quarter, but by the week. There's
0: wonderful sales out there. And nobody beats that covert deal. Not now, not ever. Shout out to Covert B Cave and the Covert Auto Group. And of course, shout out to our friends at the Altstadt Brewery. Altstadt beer, the best beer that you can find all throughout the state of Texas. Wherever you're tuning in today, you can find Altstat beer somewhere close to you, all over central Texas, all over the Metroplex, all over Houston, all over San Antonio. And this stuff is growing and growing like crazy. With damn good reason. It is a damn good beer. Make sure you check out the Oktoberfest as well. That's right. The Altstadt seasonal Oktoberfest is back. I've seen it on tap at a few spots around the state. I've seen it at HEB. I've seen it at Specs. They've got it for you right now. And this stuff is perfect for your football watching. It's perfect for the slightly cooler weather that we're getting here across the state right Oktoberfest. now. Oktoberfest. Yeah, Come baby. Now. And yeah, if you're looking to celebrate Oktoberfest, get out to the Altstadt Brewery in Fredericksburg. For an authentic Oktoberfest celebration. Maybe this weekend. No game for Texas. You're looking for something to do on Saturday or Sunday. How about a trip down to the gorgeous Altstadt Brewery in Fredericksburg. That place is massive. There's so much to do. It's the perfect day trip for the beer drinkers in your life. It's Altstadt beer. No impurities. No regrets.
1: I am kind of glad that I did not down that ranch water deal on Saturday. I did like taking two cans and guzzling down because I don't have any water available can you imagine me staggering around after not having a drink in 23 years, staggering around the fairgrounds? I would have been in jail. I would have. I would have had a pouch full of booze. I would have been staggered after probably one can of that stuff, thinking it's water, because I would have downed it. It would have been. And by that time, BK, I was starting to get thirsty. So it, it probably wouldn't have mattered in my mind because I would have said, hey, it says water. There's no booze in here in this big hat. I would have taken that down and then popped open another one and taken that down. Can you imagine an old 68-year-old man just staggering through the parking lot? I would have been in jail.
0: People would have thought you were homeless, dude. Oh, my
1: goodness. By the way, thank you to Sue Patrick these wonderful polos that we got. And Sue Patrick is a great place right now. They've got tons of Texas-themed gifts out there, wide variety of men and women's clothing. People kept asking me about this shirt, about the little horns all over the place, up at, yeah. the, up at, the, at, the, at the fair and all over the place. Where do I get it? Well, you get it at Sue Patrick. And go to SuePatrick.com or you can go over to the store located at 5222 Burnett Road. They've got it all for you. And I want to thank them. They've got curbside pickup. They've got online orders. $49, it's free for you. And as I said, 5222 Burnett Road, that's where you have to go. Go to SuePatrick.com.
0: Yeah, I was wearing that shirt to our live broadcast at Harwood Tavern this past Friday in downtown Dallas. And some guy's like, dude, I need that shirt. I want to oh, take nice.
1: that off of you. Can you give me that? I love that. Can you give me your shirt? I'm like, no, oh, I can't. I mean, like right now, just give it to you. He Therefore, bought one
0: for his wife. He huh? pulled up. I was like, it's from Sue Patrick. Check out their website, suepatrick.com. He pulls it up. He buys one online for his wife at Heartwood Tavern. Nice. Yeah. These shirts are great, man. Shout out to Sue Patrick for hooking us up with those. We love the
1: hats, too, that we got. That were those, those, the, the you know, the TSU hats are fabulous now.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Last hand hats coming through at the Texas sports unfiltered hats. Those are pretty slick. Yeah. Shout out to Mike Murphy and the team over there for hooking us up with those. And we're working on getting a merch store for you people where you could cash in and get some of your own Texas sports unfiltered gear. All right. We'll get back into Texas and Oklahoma and more about what Steve Sarkeesian had to say yesterday, but about Monday Night Football, Buck? The Packers and the Raiders, the game was in Vegas. It felt like it was at Lambeau, considering just how many oh, yeah. Packers fans made the trek. But uh, those who did make the trek were left disappointed as the Raiders hold on for a 17-13 to win. Vegas snaps its three-game losing streak. And, boy, Jordan Love, who looks really, really good through the first couple of weeks. He got picked off three times last night, maybe doing his best Dak Prescott impersonation by getting picked three times in prime time, but he looked in over his head. The he Packers couldn't get anything going offensively, and Green Bay is now 2-3, and three, and it looks like, Buck, for the first time in a long time, they don't have a quarterback. You're happy. You're happy so, about that. I've been waiting for this day my whole life, dude. <laughs> I've had to deal with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers beating up on the <laughs> Cowboys for decades now. And you as a Vikings fan, I'm sure you're loving this. I'm every loving Bears it. fan is loving this. Every Lions fan is loving this. Hell, every football fan outside of Wisconsin is enjoying the fact that finally Packers fans get the experience, what it's like to not have a hall of fame quarterback under center. And it is glorious to watch them suffer. Let me tell you. Yeah. And if they
1: can't throw it, I mean, you know, the big running back from Boston college is, is Dylan is, is good straight ahead. And, but they need, some, they need some outside speed. And Jones was hurt. He didn't play last night. But that team is struggling. Plus, you gotta, You got to – man, he's not that young anymore. But you've got a, a young, young group of wide receivers trying to get it with a semi-young quarterback. That's, they're struggling desperately right now. You know, that defense can't play the kind of – deep. they play good enough defense in Green Bay to hold up to a lot of teams. But offensively, they
0: are awful. Yeah, the good news for Green Bay, they get to play the Broncos next weekend. Yeah. So yeah, let's
1: let's ride. Let's that ride.
0: Sh- that should help. Actually, is that next weekend?
1: Or is it this week? Yeah, it is. It's next week, I believe.
0: Okay, it says it's the 22nd, which, no, they might have a bye next week. They've got a okay, bye next week. Let's not
1: ride. Let's take a week off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then they play the Denver Broncos. So if you're trying to get right, there's no better team in the league to get right against than the Denver Broncos right now but yeah now that the Packers are struggling they got boat raced by the Lions last week at home and then the lose to the Raiders who uh, were expected to be one of the worst teams in football going into the year and I still think they might be Uh, that is a bad bad loss for Green Bay and yeah they've uh, they've got some issues right now and it's it's clear that Detroit's the best team in that NFC North I mean they were favorites going in which looked weird just considering how awful they've been for basically my entire life and hell for most of our entire lives. But they were the best team on paper going into the season. And thus far through five weeks, it has played out that way. Green Bay's got issues. The Bears still suck. We know that. And Minnesota's one and four. And, oh, by the way, Justin Jefferson just got put on IR. So he's out for the next month. It is is a problem. They're not going to take
1: a chance with him in his hamstring. They're not even going to play games with him. They're just going to, you know, hey, they're not going to put a guy out there to be the focal point of a block there, Sark. I mean, this is – (laughs) he's out. He's got a little hammy, and they're going to make sure he's 100%. They said, we're making sure that he's 100% before he goes back in the game. That is their number one guy, and they're not playing, they're not playing games with it to bring him back. Well, maybe if he's 70%, we play him. It's like, no, he's out. It's, yep. it's a definite he's out. And for me, Detroit right now is looking like they're in the top four or five teams in the NFL period right now. They're doing a little bit of everything. They're razzle-dazzling it, double passes. They've got talented players all over, and, and that defense is for real. That defense can get after there. Remember how bad they were in the secondary last year? That whole thing has changed for them defensively right now, which is a key. But they have talented players on offense, and they can try tricky plays and get away with it. You know, they, they're doing a good job of that, BK, where others, like your Dallas Cowboys, they can't trick anybody. The, my, Mike McCarthy in that offense is so vanilla right now, and that's what they intended to be. You know, they wanted to run basic run plays. They wanted to keep Dak from dropping back too far, get rid of the ball real quick. But it's hard to win just being vanilla in the NFL. This isn't, the, this isn't like the new, new England Patriots with Tom Brady, that great defense, the great offensive line, run with a couple scrub running backs and win championships. You've got to trick some people every once in a while, and they've got the talent to do that. The Cowboys, they can't trick anybody anymore. They can't do the basic stuff.
0: No. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Cowboys. I mean, they've been hot and cold this year, but the teams that they've beaten, and they've beaten pretty good, are some of the worst teams in football, right? The Giants suck. Uh, The Patriots suck. Everyone's talking about Bill Belichick being done after this year now, and the Jets didn't have Aaron Rodgers. Of course, they're playing okay. Uh, they've held their own. They've won a couple of games with Zach Wilson, and they've been competitive in their other games this season. And
1: and he may start to figure out a little bit, too. I mean, week by week, he's getting a little bit better. They're helping him out, you know. And and with Brees Hall back, that helps out a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, the Cowboys have played – hell, they've only played one really good team this year, right? Their other loss came against Arizona, who's not very good, and they got embarrassed in that one. But the one really good playoff-caliber team – that the Cowboys have played this season, absolutely boat race them on Sunday night football in front of the entire world. Can they so, win a vanilla game? I mean, can they win games like that? Yeah, of they, course, of course. I just think they, they can't beat the best teams doing right, that okay. type of stuff. Like they just don't have enough to hang with the 49ers. I think it's obvious. And once again, we said it yesterday, the gap is widening between those two teams. Now the Niners look like the best team in football right now. So yes, they they're, do. They're really good. And nobody's looked great against them this season, but no, the two playoff games where the Niners beat the Cowboys the last couple of years, those were one-possession games. Like, the Niners won. Every win counts the same. Every loss counts the same. But at least the Cowboys were competitive in those two. Like they, yeah, they're they were, the now. yeah, they were non-competitive there. So And, oh, for the Cowboys, it's getting worse. Like, a lot of injuries, dude. A lot of injuries in the NFL this week. Uh, we talked about Justin Jefferson, the Aggie, Devon A-Chain, who's been awesome yes. for Miami. He's going to miss a couple of weeks now with an injury – uh, the Cowboys are dealing with it. Leighton Vanderesh is expected to miss the next four to six weeks with another neck injury. I thought he was one of the few Cowboys who actually played well on Sunday night before he went down. Uh, also, Kevontae Turpin, who caught a touchdown for the Cowboys, he's going to miss the next month or so. So the Cowboys are banged up. They've hurt. got issues, but they're banged up, and they're getting more injured by the day. That, those like.
1: are two key injuries because Turpin looked like a guy that they could maybe be able to – really start to use offensively more than just a special teams player. You know, that, that, that injury hurt. That was a really nice route that he ran. Nice, nice route, nice throw by Dak. But, and, and those are the things you can do that ball right there, BK, you're either going to catch that or it's going out of bounds and the other guy's not catching, it, uh, you know, to the corner. For me, when Dak throws in the field of play, I hold my breath every time. When he throws those corner routes and things like that, I'm, I'm thinking at least maybe he'll overthrow this and it'll hit the sideline. But I mean, I, they can't run the ball. And as I said, Tony Pollard, he's not come off. He's not gotten off to that great start that I thought he would as a runner because they've been hurt so much on the offensive line. And they finally had everybody together. But having everybody together last week against that team, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. They're just heads and shoulders above the Dallas Cowboys right now. As you yeah. said, it's going the other way. It's not close. The gap is starting to increase more than get closer, you know?
0: Yeah, the Cowboys were given a measuring stick opportunity, and they showed that they don't measure up to the best teams in the NFL. And, God, I wonder – like, I'll never root for this, of course, but I I wonder if it's better for the Cowboys long-term if they just completely fall apart this season and have an awful season and just start over. Because I don't expect that to happen. I still expect this team to win 10 games. I still expect them to make the playoffs. They're not winning the division. I thought they would only because nobody repeats – in the nfc east but it's clear that philadelphia is better than dallas right now it's clear that they're the best team in the division uh so I mean, what I do still- you,
1: what you like bill belichick who's saying we're going to start over in new england if you start over you still are going to suck that's that that whole thing with bill belichick talking about starting over that dude saying that BK means okay what does that mean you're going to start over you're still going to suck we're starting over this week starting over with what getting rid of bill o'brien No,
0: I'm not saying starting over week by week like that's coach speak. I'm saying, like, you know, get rid of McCarthy and maybe do something at quarterback and just maybe just change the way things are going. I don't I don't expect the Cowboys to be bad enough to where they're going to do that. Uh, But they're kind of in purgatory right now, aren't they? Like, they're, they're they're good. They're very good. You don't good win 12, to beat The average team. Yeah. Well, you don't win 12 games in each of the last two years and not be good. Like they're, they're an above average team, but they're clearly not San Francisco. Good. They're clearly not Philadelphia. Good. They're not Kansas city. Good. No, they're not. I don't know if they're Detroit good right now. Like I would put Detroit in front of them right now. Yeah. yeah, I would too. I wouldn't have before this past weekend, but now I, I think you have to, so it's just they're they're in that purgatory spot where you know they're not eight and nine or nine and eight, which is really purgatory in the NFL, where you're just like uh, you're good enough to not have one of the highest draft picks, but you're bad enough to not make the playoffs. I mean that's that's a horrible spot to be in, but it ain't much better being good enough to get into the playoffs, but not good enough to not do anything when you get there right. every year. So it's it's a mess for the Cowboys, and they've got a big one. I'll tell you what, Monday Night Football against the L.A. Chargers in L.A., like, that, that that would be a crushing loss for the Cowboys. Going did, they, their and did they
1: not just go from one of the top secondaries, like number two in football, to like number 22 in a in like matter of
0: weeks? I mean, that thing changed in a hurry. Well, yeah, I mean, losing Trayvon Diggs doesn't help. It's one of the best corners in football. Right. Hell, it was probably just Sunday with the way they made Brock Purdy look. Like, they, they were awesome in the secondary against Mac Jones. Now, that's not that impressive considering how bad he is and how bad the Patriots are right now. But well, Bill O'Brien's play calling compared
1: to the other guy. Shanahan play calling is a little different.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, Kyle Shanahan's the best play caller in, in all of football. He's, he's the best offensive mind in, in the sport right now at any level. Did you see um, – <clears throat> let me see if I can pull this up real quick. Did you see the shirt, the undershirt that George Kittle was wearing on Sunday Night Football?
1: I heard about it. Was it a mistake or what?
0: Well. He said he just what? picked the shirt. Yeah, yeah. He was acting like he had no idea. that. Right. He I just seeing.
1: picked it out of the drawer.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just happened to be this shirt when he uh, was getting ready to suit up against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, here it is from George Kittle, who had his best game of the season, three touchdowns. It was like a Randy Moss Thanksgiving type of performance against Dallas where he had three catches and they all went for touchdowns. And how about the uh, not-so-subtle undershirt from George Kittle?
1: Is that an FU Dallas or something?
0: Yep, it's a full F-U-C-K Dallas shirt that George Kittle was rocking. And, hey, when you win 42-10, to I guess you can talk your (laughs) trash, can't you?
1: Boy, he's a fun guy to watch. He has an awful lot
0: of fun playing the game yeah yeah that's a fun team to watch man yes it's not fun to watch them play against your favorite team because they'll uh embarrass the guys that you root for but man they just they are loaded with talent the linebackers too with fred warner and drake greenlaw i mean those might be two of the like the two best linebackers in the sport and they're on the same team and they got bosa up front and they got dudes in the back end too i mean that roster is loaded they've got a great coaching staff too like it's it is uh almost unfair what San Francisco has working right now and
1: yeah they got two running backs i mean it's it is it is unfair
0: yeah they got to uh they got to win a super bowl don't they at some point like yeah we, we
1: say this about Shanahan but he had not won a super bowl he's been on the he's been the offensive coordinator when they blew it but he has not been he hasn't won one so when he gets when he gets that super bowl then i'll give him all that recognition of being the best of the best but they get close and something happens with them but i don't do right now I would be picking them as the Super Bowl favorite, even over Kansas City. That's just, they're just too physical. They're, they're, they, they play a, a physical, finesse brand of ball that's hard to, it's hard to see. I mean, when you talk about guys being wide open, you know, this is what we expect to see of Sark when guys, when guys are going, you know, forget all that stuff in the red zone. I mean, he would scheme guys wide open. Shanahan does that. Kittle should not be wide open ever, ever. Yeah. But that guy and Ayuk, how do they get open like that?
0: Well, they got so many weapons, dude, and that's the genius of Shanahan, right? Like, he schemes guys open. He's Sark on steroids, and he's got all the talent in the world. I mean, McCaffrey's the best dual yes. threat running back in the league. George Kittle's a beast. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, those guys are matchup nightmares. Like, they just have too many guys for you to have to cover. And Brock so- Purdy's
1: Joe Montana.
0: Yeah, I mean Brock Purdy, like he's playing really well. He's doing more than just game managing right now. Oh, yeah. But obviously, it helps when you just have somebody streaking wide open on every single play because the guys around you are that. He good. doesn't
1: get a lot of pressure. The offensive line is the oh. best right now.
0: Yeah, now that that team is is really really good. They got to stay healthy. I mean, McCaffrey seemingly gets hurt every season. That hasn't happened this year. No, nope. we know we know what happened to Brock Purdy in the playoffs last year, and they completely fell apart when he went down. So. He's got to stay upright.
1: Yeah, and I don't see any any glitches or hitches in his throwing motion. Oh. I was thinking, no, that guy won't really be ready to midway point in the season. He's come right out of the gates, BK, throwing full speed. I mean, I mean, it, it's not like he has to – you know, he's not taking – guys aren't close enough to take the hit after the throw. He's clean when he throws.
0: Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty ridiculous what they've got going on there. And, yeah, credit Brock Purdy. Uh he's got a lot of talent around him. He's got a great coach around him. Like situation matters for the quarterback. There's no doubt about it. But you Absolutely. also have to be, you also have to be good. And Brock Purdy is clearly good because you don't do what he's done this no. season or hell last season if you're not a good football player and sure enough he is.
1: Uh let me ask you about the Cincinnati Bengals and last week they had to have that win and and now all of a sudden is Joe Burrow are they obviously he's healthy enough right now because a semi healthy Joe Burrow will really, really help out that football team because they're loaded too offensively. So if he's back, I mean, that adds another dimension. And of course, the Ravens have lost like two in a row. They look oh. terrible. They paid their quarterback a zillion dollars. And there's nothing to, there's nothing any different about that offense that I watch.
0: Yeah, they blew it against the Steelers, man. I mean, credit the Steelers for. Making a couple of huge defensive plays, and then obviously Kenny Pickett, the game-winning touchdown to George Pickens in the last. Little hands Pickett, yes. Yeah, made uh, actually made a good throw. Nice. He was able. To, he had to actually shot put it. He put two hands on the football and chunked <laughs> it. He can't grip it with one hand. Uh, yeah, nice win for the Steelers and a bad loss for Baltimore, who just had countless opportunities to win. Oh, and yeah. get it done. Um, we'll learn a lot about Cincinnati over the next three weeks. I mean, I, I think we know that when they're right, they're good. They've proven that over the last few seasons. But how about this three-game stretch coming up for the Bengals? They host Seattle, who's 3-1, and one, coming off a of bye. They go to San Francisco, who we just oh. talked about as being the best team in the league. That's a loss. And then they host Buffalo on Sunday Night Football. Those are the next three games for Cincinnati. Wow. If they go 2-1 and one in that stretch, then it's like, yeah, now the Bengals are still one of the best teams in football. But anything less than that, then – I mean, if they, they go one, if they go one and two, we're going to be talking about a three and five Cincinnati team going into their game against the Texans on November 12th. And
1: the Texans so, will give them a
0: battle. Well, you know that. Yeah. The Texans look obviously much improved from where they've been the last few seasons. So, yeah, no, the Bengals, uh, they got a good win at Arizona, but they, you know, they haven't been the same team and they've got to be ready to roll because, once again, the schedule does not do them any, any favors
1: you're surprised that jonathan taylor is with the with the colts the indianapolis colts there was a there were people are saying he will never ever be with them guess what he's with them he got yeah. he got some cash he got what he what he thought was a good deal i guess but he just he i i he figured he couldn't sit out and he couldn't wait around for guys to get hurt what Nobody was, the, was gonna pay him it's just the
0: way it goes what was the contract it was like a three-year deal for jonathan taylor yeah, three years what are the Colts doing? They give Jonathan Taylor that contract, and then Zach Moss. I know, wins for Zach a puck Moss. Sixty-five and two touchdowns. Yes. That's why you don't pay the running backs like Zach they were Moss so good. Did, yes, they were so good. They were so disciplined, and they just I, they caved in. I don't yes, think Jonathan. Did. I don't think Jonathan Taylor caved in. Like fourteen mil a year over three years is not a bad deal at all for a running back. In 2023, that's a great deal. He,
1: I said he'd be with the Colts. some way. They're gonna, they're gonna take him back somehow. The money will be there for him, and it yeah,
0: is. you're right. And, and look, now the I, other guy,
1: and now the other dude is, is just balling.
0: I gave Jim Irsay, who's an idiot, way too much credit, thinking that he'd actually make the right move here. Now Jonathan Taylor's still really good, and I'm sure you know after a couple of weeks of getting back into game shape and game form, he's. Oh, he'll be come more... up with
1: the ankle. The ankle will come up again. It always wow. does.
0: Yeah, I was I was going to say the opposite, but maybe it does. But yeah, I mean, that's just that's that's why you don't give those long term deals to running backs, man. Like the Colts are going to learn the same way the Cowboys learned with Zeke, the same way most teams learn. Obviously, there are the anomalies. They're the Derrick Henry's. They're the Adrian Peterson's of the world who are worth it and can play well into their 30s. And how Jonathan Taylor not even close to that. But these it, guys are it,
1: not on the field yet.
0: No, nah, I think he's still out isn't he? He yeah, mean, he's he, didn't got play. The- he didn't play for the Giants against the Dolphins this past no. weekend. I don't know if it doesn't matter if he plays. They suck, dude.
1: <laughs> and it doesn't matter, and they're not going to put him in against the Dolphins anyway. That no, tracked me, I, yeah.
0: That's that's a waste of time. That's just you know reaggravating an injury against a You're team right. that you have no chance of beating. Stupid, 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 stupid. stupid. Uh, any other NFL takeaways you want to get to? The Chiefs got the win in Minnesota. They're four and one. They've won four straight after their sluggish opener against the Lions. Uh, we've talked a lot about the Patriots just being in a horrible, horrible spot right now. We mentioned the Lions being good. Uh, where are you at on this Eagles team? They go to L.A. They beat the Rams. Cooper Cup was back for the Rams. Didn't matter. Philadelphia, 23-14. to 14. They're not blowing teams out, but they're just going about their business and they're not losing.
1: No, it's a mentally tough team that in close ball games they can just win. They don't have to blow you out. They don't have to cover spreads. They kick field goals for winners. They just, they just now have gotten to the point where they just know how to win. And you pay the price for for them not even blowing you out. Sometimes just those hardcore wins, it hurts your team because they hurt you physically. They pound you with that defense. And, you know, Jalen Hurts is only going to get better as the season goes on. They're going to get more in tuned in the passing game. That'll be a different Eagle team three, four weeks from now. You know, and they're still just good enough to beat you. They don't have to hammer you. They just beat you. They just went on the scoreboard.
0: Yeah, yeah, they do. They're doing just about everything right.
1: And right now the Cowboys are in that other way – they, they're going to have a hard time just beating you. That's, that's the way I feel about them. But for the Eagles, they just beat you. They just win the games.
0: Yep, they do. They're 5-0 and right now. Them and San Francisco, the only two unbeaten teams left, and we might be headed for another collision course between those two teams in the NFC Championship game. We'll yeah, see. I'm not
1: coming off, I'm just, and I'm not coming off the Dolphins as playing in the Super Bowl. I should because, Patrick, why do I slide at the two-yard line? Because, hey – I want the clock to run out, guy.
0: Yeah, because I want to win football games and not fantasy football games for jabronis out there.
1: You know, he made Cristobal feel good about that. I know that. That's for sure. Oh. That that, that was the – you're talking about a sore spot over the weekend, the Miami Hurricanes not taking a knee to end the game. Him thinking, hey, it's better for me just to turn around and hand it to my running back because probably nobody's going for the ball. It's just a simple run play. We do it all the time. How does that happen? It, dude. it should never happen. He took, he took the – he was – he didn't take the fall immediately. It took him a day, but when he took it, he's taking all of it now. He should have taken it the minute that thought came into his mind about not – I don't care what you do. I don't care if you call a timeout and lose seconds on the clock, but the next three times you've got to go ahead and fall down on the ground and take it. with any chance that you have to kneel down – you do it. I'm not talking about Patrick Mahomes with the ability to shake and get in the end zone for some fantasy points. I'm talking about just the exchange from center. Patrick Mahomes made a mistake for, a, fine. for a lot of us.
0: Yeah, no, he, he made the right play for him and his teammates, which is who he cares about. And What about yeah. the
1: fantasy people?
0: What about our fantasy teams? He doesn't care about that stuff. None of the players care, unfortunately. What? Yeah, none of them care about your cousins either, which sucks. Because our cousins make the right bet. That's the right. players just don't do their job. They don't execute. Now I sound like Steve Sarkeesian. The execution wasn't there. We did the right things. Our bets were correct. The players <laughs> just didn't go out there and execute when they needed to execute. Well, Cristobal
1: did the wrong thing, Dude, period. In any I, if, I,
0: if I'm Uncle Luke or if I'm just a big money donor at Miami, Which there's a lot of them the now. I'm calling the AD and saying this guy cannot be our football coach. Like I know they that not not enough to get you gone. I, I know they love Mario Cristobal because he played there and they were super excited that they were able to lure him away from Oregon. And I mean, they are a top 20 team in the country going into this week, but like, if, if your coach can't get that right, how the hell are you confident that that's the dude who's going to lead you to a national championship? Which it is it what doesn't, Miami wants? It does right? like, not any this easier. year.
1: It doesn't get any easier than that.
0: Like it's Georgia Tech. He couldn't beat Georgia Tech at home, and then they did that at the end of the game. Are you kidding me? He's got to go. Oh, by the way, the running back, I know it's not his fault that he got the ball, but you know whose fault it is that that kid fumbled? That kid. Scholarship pulled. He's gone. Coach gone. NIL deal gone. Gone. That guy's got to go. That guy's got to go. You can't fumble in that spot. Now, he shouldn't be put in that position. 90% of the blame goes on the coach for being just a freaking – dumbass in that spot but the kids got to hold on to the football there right like don't pick up extra that. yards that's go down
1: as, that's just as bad as putting your tight end out there as your lead blocker no it's yeah. way worse come Bob. on no no it it, cost, it, that
0: was the first play of the game it didn't cost texas the game they you're not supposed to put your players that.
1: in that situation you're not supposed to do that you're supposed to be looking out for them as players and people that's not good
0: Yeah, it's not
1: good, but it ain't the same, dude. It ain't the same. No, those are mistakes that you can't make as a coach. You've been there all week. You know how unhealthy the guy really is. You can't do that. You got to look at yourself and say, why am I putting that dude out there? What is he, a decoy or something? No, he's not a decoy. He's the primary guy at the point of contact. He can't run. He's got a high ankle sprain. What are we doing here? And Cristobal – your quarterback needs to fall down on his knee.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, they're both bad decisions, but the, uh, the level of bad decisionness is way higher for Mario Cristobal. All right, we'll, we'll get back into some Texas football. We'll talk some MLB postseason. Uh, we also have to have some fun. It is uh, a birthday of somebody who I absolutely hate today.
1: You got any pictures? You got any? You got any some videos? Got no any pictures. No, no videos. Pl- no playing videos.
0: No plane videos today. Are That's doing? The people are us down, you know? We're not getting the good uh, airplane slash airport content that we seemingly got by the week for like two months straight.
1: Maybe we're coming to the Halloween season. Maybe there'll be some trickeration coming up here soon and we'll get
0: we'll get some disgusting things that happen on planes. What, like a defensive lineman in the backfield or two of them?
1: Oh, bring two of them into play. That's just one, Not just one big ass. Take two big asses and stick them in a hole oh man trick them this time give them the ball
0: hey let's uh let's give some love to some of our great sponsors here hey how about a scientific data point from our guy tom mckay over at AV right. consultations
2: hi this is tom mckay with Audiovisual consultations scientific data proves it size does matter the bigger and wider your television is the better Football season is here, and the time is now to get your entire audio video experience tuned up and ready. New flat screens, projection video, Dolby True HD Surround, all the goodies at great prices and followed up with great service. So call us at 255-8678. That's 255-8678, or on the web at avconsultations.com.
1: Love it. Love it. By the way, don't, don't forget now, I want the American people to understand I'm still getting myself prepared for the next President's Cup, okay? Or the next Ryder Cup. You, th- you guys may have thought we forgot about your Ryder Cup display. We haven't forgot that. I haven't forgot that. I know football season's at hand, but that Ryder Cup that you lost to the Euros, disgusting. Who are you talking to right now? I'm talking to the America. we are you on YouTube? I'm talking to America. The America. The America.
0: You sound like Miss Teen USA, like such <laughs>
1: as. As in maps in South Carolina, such as. Absolutely. I'm also talking about Dr. Greg Eckert, who is my dentist and should be yours. As a matter of fact, he does everything from general dentistry to the most advanced work. And these beauties right here, see those chiclets? Mm. Those are lovely veneers. And Dr. Eckert did that for me in just two visits. And he can do that for you too. But if you're thinking of dental implants and maybe you're a candidate for dental implants, he will turn that frown, which a lot of Longhorn fans have. He'll turn that frown upside down in just one day. He'll give you teeth that you'll be proud of in just one day. So he's doing a lot of that. Give him a call today at 512-345-3166. And if you're scared to go to the dentist, and a lot of you are scared. I know, BK, you're not scared. But at one time, I was horrified of going to the dentist. So I kept a temporary filling for 14 years in my mouth. If you need IV sedation for a cleaning, anything, you shouldn't need it. But if you're scared and you don't want to get a big dog, get IV sedation with Dr. Eckert. He absolutely is the very best. 1,400 cases of restoring teeth, 28 years in the business. He's our dentist, and he should be your dentist also.
0: Amen. And shout-out to our friends at Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals as well. Hey, it's an off week. That means you might have some honeydews to take care of around the house. If you need tools, equipment, whatever to get the jobs done – go see our friends at Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals. They offer an extensive selection of rental equipment from everything from small home projects to large construction jobs. They've got all of the biggest brands like Steel, Hustler, Toro, Walker, DeWalt, and more. Brandon Mars, good dude, good friend of all of us here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. He's going to take care of you. They are Austin's number one source for all of your equipment, rentals, sales, and supplies. It's not just rentals. If you want to buy stuff, they've got it all too. And they've been that way since 1996. Two Austin area locations to best serve you. One in Anderson square up North, the other on South first street down South. It is TopGun.net. We will shoot you straight. And you know what? I lied, Buck. We do have some video today. Now you're talking. I think it's time because we brought it up. I feel like, I feel like we have to show the people this, don't we? Of course we do. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U S on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have that and uh, I believe that our
2: education like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq everywhere like such as and I believe that they should our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa
0: and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries. So we will be able to build up our future for
1: our Dude, that dude holding the mic is about to crack up. Such <laughs> as the
0: Iraq.
1: Oh. oh no, she, you know what? She's probably having a wonderful life right now, doing some really fine things in her U.S. America right now. So let's just leave her leave her be. That was classic right there, such hey, as.
0: Not everyone has maps, okay? I don't know if I have a map, so.
1: Well, maybe they don't have them in the, the Iran, you know? <laughs> Who knows? Our, edu-
0: Our education system failed me because I don't have a map. That's oh. Miss South Carolina. South there Africa and the Iraq and everywhere like such as. And we got to help the Asian countries. I mean, that is. That is special stuff, right there. You just can't it?
1: put her in that situation. Sort of like if you got a bad ankle and you're at the point of attack, you can't put her in that situation. You can't okay. ask her that okay. question.
0: You're supposed to. That's the whole part of the the pageant. They always ask questions like that to the contestants. That's a part of Miss America. Hell, yeah, nobody about? Who cares
1: about. No, who uses maps anyway? I, I mean, going up to you know, going up to Fort Worth and Arlington, I didn't need to take my. Such as map out of my glove compartment like we used to do, and such as and trying to find my way up there.
0: Well, yeah, we're not talking about the Iraq, dude. That's true. we are talking about a trip a that you made a, Iraq. You're talking about a trip that you've made fifty times in your life.
1: Yeah, it's I yes, I probably would need my map, such as if I were in the Iraq uh,
0: <laughs> or That's South cool. Africa.
1: She didn't win, right? Please tell Uh, me she did did not win.
0: No, no. I wonder how she's doing. I can fix her. I'll I'll teach her. Oh, yeah. You can fix her. I'll be her tutor. I got her. Yeah, you
1: got her. You'll take care of her. That was one of the all-time best right there, such as.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, thank you for giving us a reason to play that by calling America the America. We we appreciate you doing your best Miss Teen USA 2007 impression right there, man. Oh goodness gracious! All right, more she
1: never from gave uh, my tips in the car line. That's the problem. She never got any of the tips that I gave away. We weren't doing tips for kids in the car line at that time. What she kind was,
0: of what kind yeah. of tip are you trying to give her?
1: No, <laughs> at her age now, she's probably mid thirties. How long ago
0: was that? That was oh uh, seven. Wow. So you know, sixteen years ago. Yeah, she's probably in her th- late thirties. Thirties, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. Man, such as good tips. Good tips. Wow. Interesting tips. All right. Yeah. Let's hear more from, uh, from Sark here. Um, Let's just go big picture. Somebody asked Steve Sarkeesian how you get over the loss to Oklahoma and put it behind you and write the ship for the second half of the season. I sucks.
2: I mean, I'll, I'll call it like that. Like it, it's not fun for anybody. Um, it's not fun for the players. It's not fun being a coach when you lose a ball game that you feel like, Um, you could have won, Um, but inevitably, you know, you got to focus on the task at hand. And so I don't know if you ever just wash it away. Hopefully you can take losses and it can fuel you um, to, whether it's work a little harder, help the next person, whatever that looks like. Uh, But, but I'm hopeful we don't just walk out of that stadium Saturday and in back back here in Austin and and leave the game up there. I hope we kind of carry this one with us for a little bit. Uh, and I hope it, it fuels us to, to be even better than, than we can be uh, moving forward.
1: Well, you can't get that game back. You can get it back possibly by winning the rest and getting a second opportunity to play them. But you can't go in the next game, and I know Houston or, or whoever the hell they play next, you can't try to get the Oklahoma game back. You have to – you know, you've got to pick up the pieces – move on, play solid, practice solid. But you can't count the Houston game as the Oklahoma game. It doesn't work that way. You yeah. lost that game. It's over with. You know, all you can do is, you know, find out some of the mistakes, get better in the red zone, get better in your secondary, make, make better, better efforts in tackling. But you can't say, okay, the Oklahoma game is now done. We just hammered the next team. So let's forget about the – you, you've got to move on. You have a second chance, not – I mean, how many opportunities you get a second chance at a team during the course of the year? That's, that's what would be on my mind. Everything yeah. that I did was be, would be towards, okay, I'm going to get better for the next game. But in the back of my mind, you know I'm thinking about trying to get back to play that team again. Of course,
0: no. They shouldn't be hiding that. Maybe publicly, they're not going to say that to the media, right? That no, the uh, coaches won't let you say that. No. Yeah, I think somebody asked Sark in the post game about a potential rematch, and he basically dodged the question. He's just like, "We got to, you know, we got to get our stuff figured sure. out. and We got to get better." But now, inside the locker room walls, they're going to be like, "Dude, we need another shot at those fools." and we don't get another shot at those fools unless we win all of the games that That's we have true. on our schedule. You're so right. right. Yeah, no, I like that mindset from Stark. Like, don't burn the film. You should never burn a film. I, I've never oh. understood that. Like, even if you get your ass kicked. Like, somebody asked Mike McCarthy about that after the Cowboys loss on Sunday. You know. He's like, uh, we're not burning the film. Like, we got to figure out what the hell we did wrong and find a way to make sure that something like that never happens again. Like you should definitely not burn the film as frustrating as it may be to watch for the Texas players and coaches. All the time I've
1: heard that BK, I've never known a coach to burn the film. I've never known a coach to say, we're, we're not going to look at this. I know that all I know is I've been around coaches that when you get your ass kicked, you look at the film over and over and over. I've never seen them burn. I've heard them say that before. Now we're just thinking about burning the film. They say they're thinking about it, but they never really do it.
0: Well, you shouldn't do it in this case, and you've got two weeks to look at it, and it should be a painful two weeks. But, yeah, look, that's that should be fuel for Texas, what happened in that Oklahoma game. So I like Sark what he said towards the end of that cut, where it's like, no, we, we don't want to forget about what happened in Dallas. Like, we want to remember that. And, and, hey, if we don't play our best football, we could lose. And also, yeah, use that once again. Like, if we just take care of our business over these last six games, right. we are going to more than likely get another shot at redemption against those fools. Like every goal that Texas had going into the year is still there, right? Like the biggest goal was to win the big 12. That's Obviously right. after week two, the goals kind of changed to, okay, let's also make the college football playoff. And Oh, by the way, that goal is still there too. But the biggest goals for Texas are still very much there. Despite the loss on Saturday, they just have to make sure that they they remember what happened at the cotton bowl and say, no, if we don't play up to our standard, we are going to lose and we're going to experience the same God awful feeling that we just experienced again this season. And nobody wants that.
1: I think I came away from that game more so thinking, God, this team is not as physical as I thought they were on one particular Saturday. They just weren't. I, I, that may have surprised me more than anything. BK play calling and all those little weird subtleties aside from the, the actual bone on bone, your guy versus my guy. But as you said, those guys have a bunch of five stars on their team too. They're not, you're not playing against chicken shit. You know what I'm saying? It's, I, I. That's what I came away from. That this is. They're not as physical as I thought they were. I, it's not a physical team that played Alabama. It just didn't look the same.
0: Yeah, no, the physicality wasn't there, and it's, you know, we we knew that going in. I mean, both head coaches talked about it all last week, leading up to the game. Just the team that was more physical was going to win. And through five games, you would have thought that was Texas who right. were the edge on paper. But, they they don't play the games on paper. Like no. There was no debate who the more physical team was on Saturday. For sure. Uh, Oklahoma, not really with their running back run game, but they were able to win, uh, win the rushing battle because Texas just couldn't find a way to bring Dylan Gabriel down once he took off and scrambled. So Oklahoma got the win in the rushing yards category, which is huge. Oklahoma had five sacks. Texas just had one. And Texas – Look, I mean, the injuries don't help. I know no Oklahoma fan cares because they've got injuries on their side too. But Texas being down to its third string center uh, didn't help matters for the offensive line too. I mean, think about it. Like Jake majors is obviously the starting center. He goes down on the second drive of the game. He's done for the day. The backup center is Cole Hudson who got hurt a couple of weeks ago and he was out. So you're on to the red shirt freshman Connor Robertson, who I think is going to be a good player. And he, you know, he, in that situation, he was fine. He, he wasn't great, and Sark said it yesterday. There are some plays that he would like to have back, but that's a lot to ask for a guy basically playing his first real college football to sure. go up against that team in that spot and be the freaking center in that moment. Like, that That was huge, and Texas's offensive line didn't win the way that it had won through the first five games. So, yeah, physicality. They just they didn't have it for whatever reason – they got uh, beat up front, and that was a huge part of why Texas lost.
1: Yeah, as I said, I was very surprised. You know, I at at Ford, I I, I had not seen him play like that since he got here. You yeah. know, he he had been just so rock solid, taking the right, the proper angles, making solid tackles. I didn't see, but I didn't see
0: much of that on Saturday. No, he was really bad. The Texas linebacking core as a whole got picked apart, but you know, with David Benda. Like we've seen it at times. He's he's just not the best player in the world. Well, um, not in
1: open space like that. No. He's still no. he's gotten better, but he's he, not against that group. So him not him having
0: quarterback. Yeah, him having a little bit of an off day, like not the most surprising thing in the world. But yeah, Jalen Ford. Uh maybe his worst game as a Texas Longhorn. I mean, that, that was stunning but that guy just had no answers. And boy, he got juked out oh, by yeah. Dylan Gabriel a couple of times in space where it was just like one on one. Hey, yes. Jalen, it's your responsibility to tackle this fool. And he he couldn't do it. He took a bad angle or a misstep or whatever. He got picked apart in coverage too. I mean, they were they were attacking him, which I I, I would have told if Oklahoma's game plan was to attack 41, you I say, go yeah, ahead. Good luck. Yeah, there's an interception and there's a couple of sacks, and you're gonna lose Oklahoma. Like, really? That's what you came up with. But uh, Jeff Levy saw something. He realized that Jalen Ford had some sort of weakness in his game, and he kept going after him after him time and time again. And yeah, no, I mean, the, the whole Texas defense obviously had its down moments on Saturday, but some guys, okay, you understand it. The corners, you know, no Ryan Watts, you'd understand it, whatever. Sure. But to see it from uh, the best player on this defense and a guy who's been one of the best defensive players in the conference, if not the country, for the last year and a half, to see that happen to him in that moment was, uh, was discouraging. For well, sure. I just
1: thought he had a lot to do in that game. I, as I said, the ball was snapped sometimes and he had his back. To the offense because he was still trying to get guys lined up. You know, with those young guys in that secondary, he had a lot. Of, he had a big workload, but the the physical part, like you said, of him tackling in the open field, making plays, just wasn't there. He was. It looked like a guy who was thinking an awful lot instead yep. of playing. Instead of playing, that happens when you got a lot of young guys behind you. You got to get them lined up. Yeah, it, it didn't matter, It really didn't matter if they were lined up or not. Those wide receivers from Oklahoma took
0: advantage of the secondary, so. Sure. Well, let's let's hear more from Sark, I guess. This one uh, goes to the defensive side of the football. Um, that last Oklahoma touchdown drive, right? Texas takes the lead with minute 15 left. Oklahoma has no timeouts. You're thinking, all right, you're in a great spot. Our defense has been playing well for most of the second half. Worse we get is a tie. Yeah, o, OU got the ball first in the third quarter. They marched down the field and scored a touchdown pretty easily. But after that, they they were shut out. From the first drive of the second half to the last drive of the second half, the Texas defense bowed up, made a few big plays, even after the Quinn Ewers fumbled, right? They were able to uh, hold Oklahoma to nothing on the scoreboard. So maybe you felt some confidence that the defense was going to be able to get off the field. And like you said, at worst, okay, Oklahoma kicks a field goal, we go to overtime, and anything can happen in overtime. But unfortunately, that was not what happened. No, you got into Texas territory in just two plays, obviously ended up scoring a touchdown with 15 seconds to go. Uh, here's Sark talking really just about that last play, obviously a huge miscommunication where Nick Anderson was wide open in the back corner of the end zone. Here's Sark talking about what happened on that last Oklahoma score. Uh, but
2: then in the end, you know, they're scrambling a little bit. There's 15 seconds on the clock. We felt like we had a great call and and we didn't execute it. So that that part was probably the most disappointing thing, but that was a little bit – of a common theme overall that if you looked at offense, you looked at special teams, you looked at defense at different aspects of the game. We didn't execute some things that were, I don't want to call them simple, but things that we've been running now for almost two and a half months. And so uh, I'd like to think that we could operate better than that. And so we've got to, we've got to get back to uh, executing at a level that is the standard around here.
1: Yeah. And you just, and you have to pressure that quarterback. I don't care what time it is. If he breaks out of the pocket with no time and he runs for eight or seven and the clock goes, but that dude was running for first downs. He wasn't running.
3: Yeah.
1: I mean, he, when he got loose, he was running for first downs in that football game. But I have to pressure him no matter what. I can't let him sit in the pocket. He will tear you apart. He is a talented thrower, too. He can throw the ball. You know, he, he, they talk about his accuracy not being great. Well, on this particular Saturday, he was good at everything that he did. And yeah. I, would, I would prefer to go down fighting with pressure, than to let him sit back in the pocket and pick me apart, now, he's going to yeah. run me. He's going to run you apart anyway. That's a part of that was a part of their game plan. He was going to be the leading rusher, and he was. Uh oh, you have to, you know, you got to pressure that kid. Is he the, is he not the best in the Big Twelve right now when it comes to quarterback play? Yeah, no doubt
0: it has to be even though a lot of Oklahoma fans didn't like him that much going into Saturday. That's right. He's the best quarterback in this conference right now. Uh, And, yeah, he was better than Quinn Ewers on Saturday. I mean, Dylan Gabriel played mistake-free football. He didn't turn it over. Quinn Ewers turned it over three times. And, yeah, with Jalen Daniels being hurt at Kansas right now, uh, it's a no-brainer that Dylan Gabriel is the best quarterback in this conference, and he showed that on Saturday. So, Sark talked about this yesterday as you keep freezing. Can you hear me, Buck? Is this my computer messing up? Is this your computer messing up? Can anyone hear us or see us right now? I don't know what's going on. I'm going to keep talking, though, acting like people can hear and see us. If you would comment and text and let me know what's going on here, see if we're even broadcasting right now. All right, people can hear me. So, something wrong with the buck, I guess. Uh, there's a lot wrong with the buck. I guess we've known that for a while. I might text that fool and tell him to leave and come back. As I talk through this. Steve Sarkeesian, I wish I cut this uh from his press conference yesterday. He um all right, there goes Bucky. He'll hopefully come back here in a second. But yeah, Sark talked about like, look, obviously Texas didn't get enough pressure on Dylan Gabriel on Saturday. But Sark talked about something that I brought up yesterday where you've got to be disciplined. And Sark's like, dude, sometimes we're in such a rush to get a pass rush that we just lose our discipline and we don't have our pass rushing lanes where they need to be. And that allows the opposing quarterback to step up in the pocket and take off and run. And I think that's what happened, right? Like I said yesterday, Texas got frustrated because they weren't able to win up front. And all year long, Texas – they brought pressure. It's not like PK has just brought four on every single play and dropped seven. Now Texas has been able to blitz, but Texas has also been able to bring pressure with four pretty much every game this season that they've played, and they obviously couldn't do that against Oklahoma, and I think the defensive linemen who were so used to just kind of imposing their will on other O-lines, they got frustrated, and they're like, dude, I got to get after the quarterback. I have to find a way to hit Dylan Gabriel, so I'm just going to go all the way around the offensive tackle and see if I can get to him that way. Or I'm just going to try to twist and stun on my own and see if I can find another way to get to Dylan Gabriel. And by doing that, they lost their discipline, and that gave Dylan Gabriel plenty of lanes to run through. I mean, he had huge holes, especially on the last few drives of the game where he could just step up in the pocket and there was nothing but green grass in front of him. So pressure is important. It obviously is. There's no denying that. But it's also important to make sure you're doing your job on defense, and I think a lot of Texas guys try to kind of play hero ball on uh, on the defense, and uh, that led to some issues with the Longhorns, namely with not being able to contain Dylan Gabriel and his legs. All right, let's hear uh, another one from Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, as I try to stall a little bit to make sure the buck can get back on the show, the red zone offense—we've got to talk about it. We played the uh, cut from earlier where Sark was talking about the play calling on the first and goal from the one-yard line. Sark said it sucked. He took the blame. He should have taken the blame. That was his fault. It was just ridiculous, basically running the same play three times in a row, even though you moved backwards on the first two. Uh, Here's Sark, just kind of more of an all-encompassing, how do you fix the red zone woes that have been plaguing this Texas team all year long? It's not just a thing from Saturday. Uh, It's been an issue for Texas all season long. Your start.
2: The first first aspect of it is, you know, we've already watched every series and every snap we've had all year in the red zone. Uh, we watched it in sequence of ac- how it actually has occurred in game. We watched it by concept, the different concepts that we're running. Uh, and then ultimately it's, okay, what are we doing to make sure that we're putting our players in the best position to be successful? Um sometimes a a new style of scheme is in their best interest predicated on what we're getting. Sometimes it's doing what they know really well so that they have answers to the whatever look they could get from a defensive perspective. So there's a lot of levels to that. Then it's looking at the play caller and the sequencing of how I'm calling those plays. Uh, but we're drilling down on it to every level. That's what the bye week is, is really good for. You have more time to do that type of stuff. Um, and I, I feel very comfortable in the fact that we'll have, a, we'll have a good plan in the second half of the season for the players um, because, like I just told the staff, we're moving the ball too well offensively right now, not to have more points on the board, and so we need to be we need to be more effective in the red area for sure.
0: He's right. It's uh, it's not the red zone; it's the dead zone right now for Texas. It's where drives go to die, and this offense is moving the football way too well to be stalling in the red area time after time, like a Cindy Lauper song. It's frustrating. I mean, I said it earlier. Texas is now 122nd in the country in red zone touchdown percentage and hell, they couldn't even get field goals against OU this past weekend, right? Like if Texas just kicked field goals on its three red zone trips, they would have won the football game, but instead they only had three total points and three trips inside the Oklahoma 20 yard line. You had the Quinn Ewers interception on the second drive of the game, the ball that hit Jatavion Sanders and got dislodged. And then obviously the, first and goal from the one in which Texas turned it over on downs. Like if they just had nine points, which we'd be complaining about, because how do you not get into the end zone in three trips to the red zone? uh, They still probably find a way to win that game, but because they couldn't even do that, they come up short. And this continues to be something that we talk about for Texas. And, you know, I'll, I'll give Sark a little bit of credit, I guess. I feel like I shouldn't, but I'm glad that he openly talked about the red zone offense this week because at times in the past, You know, he's been questioned about the red zone struggles, right? Texas going into Saturday was 109th in red zone touchdown percentage. So it's not like, ah, one bad game just completely tanked that stat. No, they were already one of the worst teams in the country in terms of converting those red area trips into seven. It got even worse on Saturday. But in the past, I can't remember what game this is from, and I don't even exactly remember what this cut is, but I know there was a reason why I kept it, and I'm glad that I did. This is from a few weeks ago. A post-game or a Monday press conference, Sark was asked about Texas being one of the worst red zone offenses in college football, and he kind of poo-pooed the question. Take a listen. An old
2: friend of mine said, stats are like something. Once you get them, you can do anything with them. I don't really care about stats. We keep winning. Um, We got to continue to execute better when we're down there. But, hey, I I try not to get caught up in what stats say.
0: Yeah, well, a 180 from Steve Sarkeesian basically saying, F you, we're undefeated our red zone is fine to oh no no actually maybe you guys were right for repeatedly asking me about our red zone issues because clearly it's it's not right and we said it man like texas won its first five games by an average of 23 points per game they had five double digit victories going into saturday it didn't matter that they were having to settle for field goals instead of touchdowns but if they were going to play a close game, which odds are at some point they were, and reason to believe that it was going to be against Oklahoma because that was less than a touchdown line. Oklahoma's good. They came into that game 5-0 and with five double-digit wins themselves. Uh, when Texas played a close game, not being able to convert red zone trips into touchdowns was going to come back to bite them, and sure enough, it did. So, yeah, Sark went uh, a little Tom Herman with his answers to previous questions about the red zone offense, and it was a different Steve Sarkeesian we got. And look, losing humbles you. When You're 5-0. and oh, You're number three in the country. You can, you can talk your talk a little bit. You can puff your chest out, and you can dunk on a media question every once in a while. And not every media question is good. Some of them are worth getting dunked on, regardless of how good the team is. But when you're bad, you got to wear it a little bit. And when you lose, you got to wear it a little bit. And Texas has been bad in the red zone all year, and their red zone issues cost them the game on uh, on saturday all right i'm gonna call buck right now and put him on speaker so y'all can hear see what's going on see if we can get this fool back on you, you good i'm good can you get back in yeah yeah just click the email link again i wasn't sure if you were trying to take a load management hour <laughs> you've been talking yes
1: i've been
0: talking. we haven't been on no no i've been on you have not been on we lost you okay been, yeah. that's I'm that's sorry. awesome i don't know if y'all heard any of that but apparently the buck has been talking to nobody for the last 10 minutes or what would be hilarious is if like half of you guys can hear bucky and half of y'all can hear me like that'd be fantastic but i don't i don't think that's going on. Yeah. Phone voice is very faint. Yeah, of course it is. That's, that's why I just said what was happening. Here we go. We've got the buck back.
1: The buck is just talking away and babbling and rambling. No, I wasn't taking load management. I was still talking and I was not heard. America did not hear me.
0: And I had a lot to say. What did you have to say? What were you talking about? I wonder if it was the same thing that I was talking about over here. Oh, I was talking about why is that guy the focal point of the attack on the first play of the game? Oh my god. That's not what I was talking about because we've already talked about that five times today. We need to
1: talk about it five more times. What the hell
0: is going on there? All right. Here's what I played. I'm gonna play it again. I'm not gonna play both okay. cuts, but I was talking about the red zone issues. And this obviously okay. has to do with Sark and the play calling. So we weren't we weren't too far off here. No, I was um, beating that dead horse. I was beating that dead horse. Yeah, yeah. That thing is miserable now. I mean, it's died, <laughs> it's died twice because of you. Um, this is from a few weeks ago. After a game, somebody asked Sark about the red zone issues. And once again, this is not an Oklahoma-only issue for Texas. The red zone has been a problem all year long, right? Yes. Okay. This is from a few weeks ago. Somebody brought up a stat that said, hey, coach, you're not very good in the red zone. What's the deal? And here's how Sark responded to that question after a win a couple of weeks ago. An
2: old friend of mine said, stats are like something. Once you get them, you can do anything with them. I don't really care about stats. We keep winning. Um, We got to continue to execute better when we're down there, but hey I, I I don't I try not to get caught up in what stats say
1: so in other words we'll keep we'll keep failing as long as long as we win the game because it'll never catch up to us the the failures will never catch up to you so I keep winning the game by the you know the hair on my chinny chin chin I'll continue to prove you wrong but when that- it comes and it bites me in the ass uh oh I don't really have an answer for it
0: because stats are for losers stats suck. You better yep. get out of that habit. Somebody asked him basically the same question yesterday, and he, he gave a long answer, like, Yeah, well, we've got to be better. We've got to fix it over the bye week. We've got to be better as coaches, come up with plays that give our guys more of a chance to be successful. Uh, we've got to execute better. Of course, he said that too. Well, but that's
1: all the coach speak. Tell me why they weren't ready, why they came out as flat as a pancake. Coach, you, you you're supposed to know your team. They look a lot like you. You said that in the beginning of the season. This is what my team looks like. A lot like I expect. Them to look, we're we're, you know, I know them now. I understand them now. Tell me the understanding behind why they look like that in the beginning of the football game in, in that particular game. I mean, yeah. you're look at each individual player. I'm gonna look at some individual coaches and say, why? What did right. what was it that you didn't understand that your team wasn't ready to come out, come out and and you know, get into a battle? They were going to be in a fist, they were going to be and not a fist fight. They were going to be in a knife fight in that particular game. Why were you in a fist fight when they were in a knife fight? I Tell me that part of it. Somebody, well, if you know your team, you, you're able to say, this is what happened, or I, I should have known that they were a little bit flat, or this is why they got flat, or I'm part of the reason. They, they don't have an answer for that one right now.
0: Well, the first drives of the game were bad, right? You throw yeah. an interception on offense, and then – the defense gives up a touchdown. Now, obviously, OU had a short field to work with. You would have hoped that Texas would have found a way to hold over right. It. or something That's right. like that. Yeah, they couldn't do it. Uh, after that, look, Texas was gonna go three and out. They run the fake punt. They march, they get into the red zone. Like they they bounced back pretty well, but then Ewers throws the interception. Well, right after that, you get the blocked punt. So, I mean, it was it was an ugly start for Texas. Uh, on those first couple of drives, but, like, they they bounced back decently. The problem was they couldn't score in the red zone, and um and they threw that interception on that second drive of the game. So, I don't know. Like, it, they clearly came out flat because the first two drives were bad, but it's not like they were awful for the first 30 minutes of the game. Like, they they were able to figure some things out after that slug. start. Well, they're, they're not it's awful for the game because
1: the coach found a way to actually save this group that was flat because they should have been down 30 to nothing by halftime. It could have easily been that way. And he dialed out some good stuff. He made some good decisions. I got to go after this punt. We got to make these things happen, you know. But my goodness, to come out – I mean, I think people could see that they were flat coming out, not just – there was something about that team on Saturday just was really out of character. And as I said, when the coach tells us how he knows the guys, he understands the guys, they understand him, what was it? I don't know if they got that question – Asked of them yesterday.
0: Well, let's let's not act like this is the first game. Texas has come out flat. Well, after Rice, what the hell happened in the first half? Why were they so flat? Yeah. After Wyoming, what the hell happened in the first hell three quarters? Why were they so right. flat? So it's not like this is the only time we've had this issue this year. I mean, you you understand it a little bit more against Rice and Wyoming because they're Rice and Wyoming. I don't understand just, this one. This is Oklahoma. It's the biggest game of the year. So you just
1: beat them forty nine to nothing. You're the number three team in the nation. Yeah. There, there is no reason for that. That's they're coming after you. Like I said, you're fighting, they've got knives, they're not playing around. Yeah, they understand yeah. what happened to them last year.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, they did. It's,
1: I, I as I said, I don't want to think this team underestimated this football team, but they did. They they got hung up, and we beat them 49 to nothing. They got hung in the hung up on all oh, the schedule. They they haven't really played anybody. We've been to Tuscaloosa, we've been down to Waco, we've been in really hostile environment. So this is, Hey, this is no big deal coming to the cotton bowl. Well, it is a big deal. Yep.
0: Yep. 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 And, uh, now they got to use this as motivation, uh, to not let it happen again. Right. I mean, this this is the wake up call. Good news is in this sport, you usually get a mulligan and you get one. That's the issue. Yeah. Like some of my buddies, when we're playing golf. It's like ah, I'll use a mulligan on this hole, and then I'll use no. one on the next hole. Oh, can I take a second drive, please? Like that no. was a bad first one. It's not like our buddies on no, the course. This court. isn't a
1: driving range. This isn't. You can't hit a bucket off the first tee. You no. get two, and that's
0: it. This ain't your charity golf tournament where you can no. pay for a few more. No, no. You get you get one mulligan over the right. round. And Texas, they they used it. They just they can't use another one if they want to win the big 12 this year
1: boy we don't play that crap either. you get one mulligan a foursome at my deal we i know you like to give some extra money but we're not having you all day hitting balls into the woods and saying can i get one more shot for for ten dollars no you get one mulligan for foursome here we go let's go we're playing Mm. that's that's the deal with the mullet open yes we don't get to have all these mulligans we need to move
0: along here Brother, I see guys shooting in the 50s. They're taking more than one mulligan out there.
1: They're they're quality players that play in the mullet open. These are quality individuals and quality players. We don't cheat. We give out great prizes. We do the things
0: the right way. I mean, the Texas cheaters – who are oh. known for cheating. They finish in like 15th place every year, which tells you what the other schmucks are doing out there. <laughs> a lot of cheating going on at the Mullet Open, which will be back next year. It'll be you. back, yes. We're waiting
1: to we're, – we're trying to finalize on a date. But there will be – and for those that have played in both tournaments, there will not be a Thursday tournament. There will only be a Friday event. I can't do two. Wow. Has me working so hard. I work too hard to try to put on two events. Plus the group that we had to, the event has not paid us yet from May. So I'm not going through that again. That's not gonna happen. What is this?
0: The old radio station? No, they, they they're not paying
1: stuff. Think, hey, by the way, why do you think that thing has been so successful? I kept them out of it. Hmm. You know, you know, the ones that lay away rent and things like that and don't go anywhere. I don't I don't know. It's been successful because they weren't involved. Oh man. Sometimes you have to sometimes you have to say, that's it, you know? Yep.
0: Yep, I mean, yep. People yep. are probably
1: thinking you taking shots at them is it's sometimes, but you just have to give it up and leave it go. Never, never.
0: <laughs> oh, so I say
1: never. I mean,
0: never. Yeah. All right. Well, you got this platform to do it. So never say never, but never, never, never again. All Absolutely. right. How about some shout outs to some of our great sponsors? How about the uh, fine folks? Some of the doctors over there at Texas Orthopedics. Love those folks. If you're seeking
1: specialized patient-focused orthopedic care, contact the experts at Texas Orthopedics. Their physicians are uh, offer comprehensive surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults. Spinal care, sports medicine, trauma care, joint replacements, rheumatology, and even more. Dr. Chris Danny, who we saw up at the, uh, up at the fairgrounds, and thank you for coming by and saying hello to us, Doc. We appreciate that and Chris Stockton are dedicated orthopedic surgeons. Their goal is to get you back into good health and back on the back nine for sure. And of course, folks, they want you to have the great quality of life that you deserve. Visit them at txortho.com. Texas Orthopedics is one of the largest independent orthopedic practices in the state of Texas. For more information, go to
0: txortho.com. Shout out to our friends at Woods Comfort Systems. Our guy Chip Brown sent us in the uh, TSU group text a picture of a Woods Comfort Systems van nice. rolling around town. Someone's got an AC issue. Yeah, if you've is. got an AC issue, you got to call our friends at Woods Comfort Systems. They've been in business for 60 years, like half as long as the buck has been alive, which is incredibly impressive. They do AC maintenance, AC repair, AC installation. Also, starts to cool down. You want to make sure your heater is ready for what is expected to be a very chilly winter.
1: I'll let you know about winter. Don't you start making those decisions. I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to be a
0: cold winter.
1: Oh, no. You are not old man. I am old man winter. I'll let you know. I'm young
0: man winter.
1: Get those ducks and get all that stuff cleaned out and change those filters for winter for sure. Because when it comes, it'll be here. And you don't want to have your stuff all clogged up, your filters all clogged up, and having to run out and get this stuff done yourself. Travis will get over You know, Dave will make sure that Travis and the rest of the gang get out there and get it done for you. They won't spend all day. They'll get their job done, and they'll be in and out of your home in a jiffy.
0: Yep, HVAC and plumbing services, by the way. So if you've got issues there, they can take care of those too. WoodsComfortSystems.com is the website, or give them a call, 512-842-5066. It's Woods Comfort Systems, where comfort is our middle name. And also, some love to centextickets.com. Come on now. ACL, this weekend, F1 out at CODA. Thanks to CODA for sponsoring the CODA text line, by the way. 512 222 NASCAR 2024.
1: Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's
0: go. Tickets. Tickets. Let's go. <laughs> all those tickets at sentextickets.com And, of course, the football, college, and pro MLB. Hey, if you're trying to get to uh, Rangers, Orioles tonight, inside the gilf they can get you inside that warm gilf probably the Send last tickets. game uh, that's the hope syntex all the tickets 100% guaranteed you can buy them right from your phone or right from your computer they're right there for you syntex and some love of course to jack allen's kitchen it's been too long since i've been to jack allen's it's been like 2 weeks that's that's going to change today i think today is a jack allen's day there love that spot five locations all throughout central texas The food's ridiculous. Our buddy Jack Gilmore just runs an incredible show. They also have Salt Traders Coastal Cooking as well. You'll hear Chip and Zay talk a little bit more about them during their show from 1 to 3. But Jack Allen's, ridiculous food, full bar, TVs everywhere, fantastic service. I'm telling you, the dining experience you get at Jack Allen's is second to none. A loaded menu. You start off with that house-made pimento cheese. Ridiculous. Mm. They've got enchiladas that are to die for. They got barbacoa quesadillas that are insane. They got burgers that'll make your mouth water. Hell, mine's watering just talking about them right now. They've got something for the whole fam. They got something for the whole office. More importantly, they've got something for you. Go see them, Jack Allen's Kitchen. Shout out to Jack. Shout out to Brad and the whole crew over there at Jack Allen's Kitchen. You no, know,
1: on uh, I love Jack Allen's. I love I love everything about that place. I love the food. I love the people. There. I love the service there. Um, you know, on Friday when I was up in uh, Arlington, I went to dinner and I hadn't been to this place. I've probably only been to this place twice since I've been in the state of Texas. I went to Papa Do's. Wow. Nice. Wow. What a what a nice meal that was. I, I mean, the first time I went to Papa Do's, all I could remember is it's damn expensive. And the food was, I mean, I was, you know, coming, I like seafood. But dude, on Friday, I got after some noodles, some squid and shrimp. And a big old bucket of bread. Dude, oh, yeah. That would
0: come through with the bread, don't wow. they? Wow.
1: They came through with some massive bread. They were, I shouldn't be eating all that bread, but you can't help it when that stuff is. I mean, it's throw a little butter on it. I was ready to go. So that was a, that was a nice meal. And I took my girlfriend Brock to to dinner with me on Friday. <laughs> so.
0: Your girlfriend young Brock?
1: Young Brock, yeah. We went to we had a, a nice fine dinner. So I got I got a little beef from my wife. She goes, What? You're taking that guy to there? What's wrong with you? Mm. You've been you've been better off at Mickey D's or having somebody throw fries at him.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that guy deserves a nice meal like that. Yeah, that was fast food.
1: Well, I tell you, I I like what happened up in Arlington for for us in that area. I I like. I can't wait to get back to the Big Twelve Championship because it's going to happen. Better happen. Yeah, yeah, it it needs to happen. You know, I. I'm still looking around, and I'm looking at this Big 12. Texas or Oklahoma would have to make some huge mistakes in order to get beat by any of this. the rest of these sluggos right now. I'm not kidding. I'm not underestimating anybody, but I'm telling you. this. I, I watch Tech, though, make a little bit of a rally down there in Waco, but Waco High is just – I know.
0: I guess, I guess the team that you technically have to worry about right now because if the season ended today, it would not be Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game. It'd be Oklahoma, of course. Yes. It'd also be West Virginia. They have not lost in the Big 12 yet. Like, a team that was picked to finish, what, last? Or second to last in the yes. conference? They are a 3-0 and in this league right now. And they've got wins over TCU. They've got a win over... I'm pulling it up. Clearly, I don't know. Yeah, they went over
1: Texas Tech, right? Yeah, they
0: beat they beat Texas Tech, so they're two and zero. Sorry, not three and zero. Two and zero in uh, in conference play this season. What do they and, have on the horizon? I mean, here here's the next four games for West Virginia. Now, I don't think West Virginia is good enough to beat these four teams because I just don't think West Virginia is very good. But here's the upcoming schedule at Houston. They suck. Oklahoma State, not good. At UCF, not good. BYU at home, ooh, at home, huh? Yeah, and then they go to Norman. They're going to lose that game. They're just lousy
1: enough to win four of those games if they,
0: you know, home against Cincinnati and at Baylor to end the year. So, like, look, West Virginia, they're not good enough to to lose only once in that stretch. I think, but like, as of right now, technically, the team you need to be rooting against. It is is West West Virginia. Virginia. Oh, I Texas love to not, root against them. Texas does not control its own destiny to get to the Big 12 title at this moment. I think that's going to change very soon, but that's just the reality of the situation.
1: I can easily root against Morgantown. Yeah, I don't have burner. any problems
0: with that. Yeah, the couch burners. Yeah, no, yeah. that's and they'll slip up. Like their 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 coach, I think, wants to get fired. But I'm he can't, <laughs> he can't even lose right.
1: But I'm glad that Texas doesn't have to go down there and play them. Not, I mean. Oh, I,
0: I wouldn't mind playing West Virginia this year. That'd be fun I'm, to beat them one I'm just one so more worried time. about
1: Houston, I believe. You're worried about Houston? Yeah, I have a feel. I have this weird feeling about them.
0: Well, Houston hosts West Virginia this Saturday, right? The Cougs don't get the bye, so we'll all get to watch and see what this UH team is. But, I mean, if you've watched them this year, they suck. They're awful. I mean, they, they lost – let's not forget they lost to Rice, okay, Whoa. this year. they got boat raced by your mark. You like they've played two conference games. They lost 36 to 13 at home to Texas Christian. They lost 49 to 28 to Texas tech. Okay. That's three touchdown losses in their two big 12 games. And they lost to rice.
1: We need them this week. We need them to come on strong versus the Morgantowners.
0: Uh, Yeah, I guess so. And West Virginia is only a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. Is that a thousand-unit lock? No.
1: Not no, doing it. I'm not doing that.
0: Not doing it. No. Got-
1: and the Sooners have nobody from this point. They're just they're just better than everybody. Doesn't matter yeah. who they play right now.
0: Yeah, like, you never know what can happen in college football, I guess. They don't but, play
1: K-State that's had their number for the last five years.
0: Right, 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 right. I mean, uh, like, looking at the schedule – Bedlam is in Stillwater. It doesn't matter. They always beat Okie State. Uh, they go, go to Provo, second to last game of the year. That, that's tough. little tester. At Kansas, it would be tough if Jalen Daniels plays. That yeah, that guy's October, not getting NBA. out of the eighth. There's yeah. something
1: about he may be in the infirmary. He's not, yeah. he's not
0: coming out of the infirmary, I don't believe, this season. So it feels like that's, that's a win for OU. Um, yeah, no, they're like – Texas they're going to be favored in all of their games the rest of the way so could they slip up sure but they have looked very impressive through six games this season so um yeah they're likely going to take care of their business and hey they can afford a loss and still find their way to Jerry world at the end of the year but they obviously don't want to do
1: And, and as I said BK this is it's not just us talking about the the repeat of Texas and Oklahoma they were talking about it all over the country that everybody's just feeling this is going to happen this is going yeah. to be huge, but I'm thinking, well, if, if they feel that way, if, if sports talk America feels that way, then you, you, you'd have to think, then aren't both of those teams with one loss good enough to get in the college
0: playoff? And I'm thinking not from this conference. They're not. No, no it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not this conference, not this year. Too many good no. teams. The loser, uh, the loser
1: if, if, if Texas wins that game, the loser of that big 12 championship
0: game is not making it. Yeah, you would think, right, like if, if Texas and OU get there with one loss or, hey, OU has zero losses, then, right. uh, yeah, the winner you would think would be in and the loser you think would be out. So Texas knows what it has to do, and, and the sky is not falling. God, some of the comments and some of the text we've gotten and some of what I've seen on X over the last couple of days is like, oh, same old Texas, here we go again. This team, saw-. This team is still different, guys. We're talking about a program yeah. that's lost at least four games in every year since 2010. It's not going to happen. They're clearly moving in the right direction, and it's not ridiculous to think that this team could still make it to the college football playoff. They've got a road win at top 10 Alabama. They've got a close one possession loss in the final minute against a top five team now on a neutral site, and they're going to be favored to win every single one of their games. The sky is not falling. This can still be a really, really good year for Texas. This isn't the same as what we've seen from this program over the last decade and a half. Like, God, relax. They, they have things that they have to fix. Out for you.
1: Yeah, they have things they have to fix just like every other team, just like the Georgia team that starts out their game slow, but they end up mauling teams. But they don't start out, Georgia hasn't started out all their games, you know, that brisk. I mean, they've struggled in, in some early couple series in their games, which you would think the two time defending champs should just go and maul people. They've had their struggles too. Texas just needs to find a way to get this red zone deal fixed. Huh. And, and, and they've got to get their defensive line back to playing the kind of defense that we saw, that was passive football on Saturday. It was very passive by the defensive line. They were not getting off of blocks, and uh, and just, you know, there were some miscues here. It doesn't matter. You can't have three turnovers in any game. It doesn't matter if you're playing your, your big-time rivalry or you're playing Houston or anybody else. You turn it over three times, you're going to be in a dogfight to win the football game. Yeah. or 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 most likely, you're probably going to lose the game. Just can't yeah. do that.
0: Yeah, our guy, R.E.O., thinks Sark sucks and Texas sucks. So, uh, yeah, now this team's better than what it's been the last couple of years. Time will tell, though. Like, maybe you're right, Ario. Maybe maybe you're right, the doubt, and this team does slip up somewhere else in the regular season, and then, well, it's, you know, still 10 well, There's to better. There's
1: a lot of people that have them with two losses that started yeah. out the season. I mean, it tended to be
0: still better than any year that they've had since 2009, but at this yeah, point, yeah. direction the direction, yeah, that, the direction
1: is good. It's just the expectations were so high after Tuscaloosa just so so high but you know give the people what they want get your ass in there get things fixed coach find out what's going on in the red zone and let's go there was nothing about the way they they played football in the beginning of this football season now we're in the middle of this football season fix your errors and go play
0: yep all right we'll talk more texas ou throughout the course of the week and we'll continue to figure out what texas needs to do to right the ship and get to arlington at the end of the year and obviously still be in that cfp conversation yeah because
1: the maps and such as are still there to get to the championship yes they are
0: and it's a lot clearer than that answer that miss teen (laughs) south carolina gave that shit was very (laughs) unclear uh the path (laughs) for texas is is very very clear uh take care of your business and things are going to work out for you yeah but uh they got to take care of their business speaking of taking care of business the two texas teams are back in action yes in major league baseball the Astros actually play the early game today. 307 first pitch in Minnesota. Game three of the American League Divisional Series. Of course, this one is tied one game apiece. The Astros took game one. They slipped up in game two. The series now shifts to the great white north for game three. Christian Javier, Sonny Gray, the pitching matchup in this one today. The good news for the Astros is they've been awesome on the road all year long. 51-30 yes. and 30 was the regular season road record for the Strohs. Of course, this is their first road playoff game here in 2023. But that's the good news, Buck. And I feel like Astros fans should be pretty confident because of what they've been able to do outside of Houston this year.
1: Absolutely. They've been fantastic when they've been on the road. Their problem has been at home. So we'll see if their starting pitching gets going. It's, it really has been a starting pitcher pitching with all these teams that have struggled. The Dodgers, their starting pitching has been awful. Yeah. And Kershaw gets to take the mound again. That scares me with that group. But Astros' experience, you know, as I I, I think they're going to be right where they need to be when it, when it, when the time comes. I think they'll, I think they'll they they have the ability to to get this thing turned around. The Rangers are going. They're they're moving on. So
0: don't say that. Dude. They're
1: moving on. How are you on. doing that? Because it's Baltimore, it's the Orioles. Fly, Orioles, fly. Get out of here with that.
0: That's not what they say.
1: No, it's not.
0: No, that's the Eagles.
1: Oh, okay. I don't know what the Orioles say. They haven't been around. They haven't been. You know, they haven't <laughs> been relevant in since forever. So.
0: Yeah. Well, quick on the Astros, Christian Javier had a very up and down season. Uh, more downs than Astros fans mm-hmm. would have liked. He did pitch pretty well down the stretch in the month of September. Uh, and he's been a solid postseason performer in his past. Sunday Gray pitched against the Astros twice this year. I think one of those games was the second game of the year. He had 13 strikeouts in seven innings, mm-hmm. uh, and then down in Houston in his second start, six innings, three earned runs. Sonny Gray's very good. Uh, Christian Javier is capable of being very, very good, and I'm with you. I feel like this game's going to be decided in the first three innings, uh, which offense is able to get to the opposing starting pitcher. I think that's uh, going to go a long way to, to who wins this one today. And we'll see if the Strohs can uh, get the job done and take a two-one series lead against a team they should beat. The Astros were pretty heavy favorites going into the series. I know Game Two fell apart, but uh, I I still like the Astros. I think the Dodgers
1: have four straight losses in 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 playoff baseball right now. Their their starting pitcher is just—I mean, just they roll. It doesn't matter who they roll out there. They're just not. They're struggling, and their bats are struggling. That's the real surprise
0: thing. Yeah, I mean the Dodgers are pretty banged up with their starting pitchers, with Bueller and Arias not being available. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, who's had some postseason struggles in the past, he, he got what one out in Game One. I mean, he mm-hmm. got hit around like a pinata in that game, and then yeah, they started a, a young kid, a rookie last night, who gave up three runs in the first inning and didn't even make it out of the second. So yes, uh, yeah, now the Dodgers are in some serious, serious trouble because it, it it doesn't get any easier for them. And credit to Arizona, man, the the sixteen. No The last team in the playoffs, they got swept by the Astros. They kind of limped in to the postseason, and and they've obviously turned it on. They swept uh, Milwaukee, the NL Central winners, and now they're a game away from sweeping the NL West winners in uh, the L.A. Dodgers. Everyone was thinking we were going to get Braves and Dodgers in the C.S., and uh, the Braves were almost down 0-2, too. They they needed a miracle. How about Austin Riley with the home run in the eighth to give the Braves the lead and then the incredible double play? Michael Harris, the catch, crashing into the wall, turning it into a double play because Bryce Harper was in la-la land.
1: Was that just – I mean, that shouldn't be happening, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, look, it's understandable you think that ball would get down and you're trying to score the tying run from first because you're down by one. But no, he
1: was going to score. He was ready to go.
0: Yeah, he he obviously went too far. Hell, he he had already rounded second base. He was halfway to third, which – uh, yeah it didn't give him enough time to get back to first so it's it's an air it's a base running air by Bryce Harper you see why he was being aggressive in that spot but the I aggression yeah came back to get him hell of a play by Michael Harris maybe saving the brave season right there and then Rangers Orioles you've called a Rangers win tonight yes well they're going for the sweep at the Guilf in Arlington they're the bad is- alive and well right now The good news for the Rangers is they've got Nathan Avaldi going, too. Like He's he's the best pitcher that they have, and he's been awesome in the playoffs over his career uh, in a couple of different spots. He was awesome in that Game 2 win against Tampa Bay a couple of days ago. So, uh, yeah, going up against Dean Kramer, who's been fine for the Orioles this year, but you would think the starting pitching matchup favors the Rangers. And like you said, the offense, they just exploded in Game 2. Uh, you, you feel like they're playing with some confidence since they're 4 0 in these hey, playoffs. Did you say
1: know. offensive minded? Well, when you say offense. How does that make sense? You say Jeter. I say defense. You say Jeter. That's right.
0: I, I didn't say okay. defense. I said okay. offense.
1: Okay. do well, you think offense, who's got, who's one of the most, the guys have one of the most amount of hits in, in baseball playoff history? See this guy right here? It's the little figurine. It's,
0: that's right. It's that's not that's right not a Carlos Correa figurine. What are you talking about? Come on,
1: now. Come on, Correa. Get that guy out of here, too. Here we go. Uh, Hello, Jeet. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm buddy doing Tanner. fine. I'm not in the uh, post-series anymore. No post-games for me. That's uh, right. you will be managing the team next week.
0: If Tanner hits the finally. Yeah, he's mad that you waited till 9.58 to bring out what? Jeter today. What do you He's talking
1: at, baseball late. That's
0: all. Yeah, I'm pissed that we had to see Jeter. I thought we'd uh, avoid him today. We no, were so close to making even. it. A full two hours. Call,
1: still getting text messages about why didn't Jeter make the trip? Maybe Jeter could have pumped up the horns. Maybe if he would have gave the pregame speech, that's right. My little figurine would have got that team prepared.
0: Yeah. Once again, that is a little figurine who cannot speak. So I don't know what. Did type somebody of actually talk
1: to the team on Saturday before they went out? I didn't see that. I didn't notice that in the beginning.
0: No. Maybe they, they gave you a halftime
1: speech. Wow. Jeter could have found his way into that locker room. You know, there's all kinds of little crevices there at that cotton bowl, that old thing. He would have found his way to talk to the team in the The locker
0: room. By himself, he would have walked in there and said something. Are you high? What do you want? Yeah,
2: Jeter, yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Did you drink a ranch water this morning thinking it was really water? Dude, I'm glad I didn't do that. That would have been – that could have been
1: a catastrophe for for me, you know. Yeah. That that alcohol would have hit this system after 23 years. That may have shut me down.
0: Ugh. You know what can hit your system? What's that? Olipop.
1: Yes.
0: I got to get back to the store and get me some olipop. I am I like I still have these six cans that I need to give to Trey and I'm just staring at them every day and I'm like why does Trey deserve these? He doesn't deserve Why them? don't I deserve these? Trey had a right chance there, to get them no. in Dallas and he didn't get them. So he shouldn't no. get them. No this stuff is the best though. If you haven't tried Olipop yet, you are missing out. This is a great tasting soda. That is actually good for you inside of every can of Olipop. You're getting nine grams of fiber. There's a blend of seven unique botanicals, plant fibers, and prebiotics. This stuff helps with digestive health. It's not that it's not bad for you. It's actually good for you. And there's only two to five grams of sugar per can. Hardly any calories. You're getting all of the favorite soda flavors that you grew up sipping. The cola, the root beer, the cherry cola, the cream soda, the lemon lime, the Dr. Goodwin. They've got it all, plus some other unique flavors as well. This stuff tastes incredible. It might change your life. This got me back into soda. Shout-out to our guy, Daryl. Tried the uh, banana cream. That's a good one, too. Banana cream. They've got an orange cream, too. Tastes like kind of the dreamsicle. It's good stuff, man. Pick it up at H-E-B, Target, Whole Foods, Walmart, Costco, wherever you get your groceries you can find the greatness of Ali Pop. Yes, sir. One quick shout out to Great Blue Heron Furniture. Click the link in the description below. It'll take you to our Texas Sports Unfiltered collection. The best looking, the most comfortable, the best built furniture that you can find. It's greatblueheronfurniture.com. All right, it's 10 o'clock. It's time for us to get out of here. Coming up now, our friends with Chaos Theory. It is Rodney. It is Wax. What's up, boys? Gentlemen, What's up,
1: Jeter?
3: G- here we you know, go. What, what, Jeter, what, is Jeter, it like little penny, what? we got like a little penny thing going in here. We're gonna let oh, the oh, doll oh, start oh, talking. Don't and
1: compare Jeter. Derek Jeter to Penny
3: Hardaway. What
1: is wrong with you? Get How many, out of
2: here, man. man! You
1: can't do those. My figurine way more important than Penny Hardaway. Is
2: that the only figurine you got?
1: I don't need to say. I don't need to answer that. That's not no.
3: So, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, where, where was, uh, speaking of pregame, uh, conversations, where, where was, uh, uh, McConaughey the other night or the other day, I saw him on, on game day, you know, kind of getting the crowd. The all up. They should have had him in the damn locker room because that, th- that team came out flat as hell. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That, I mean, I saw him on the sideline doing his, doing his deal, but
3: a little dancing. All that. yeah. Stuff. I
1: mean, it, that's, that's one of those deals. You don't need to give a pregame speech at that game. That, that one's not necessary. That's you getting you up, you know. Yeah. Rodney, where the hell you been?
3: It looks. I want to. I want to be where the hell you have been. It looks like you've been through a a, a ringer, man. What the hell is going on? What bro? you talking about? My hair? Yeah. Oh man, I, I'll tell you, man. This is old man hair. I may need to go get a cap. That uh, looks you know, like red, that looks like sex hair, Rodney. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, that's not what it is. I got up this morning, walked the dogs, did all this other shit. You know what? I, I'm gonna go get a cap. Uh, I'm going to get a cap cuz I got all that shit sitting over there. Yeah, dude, uh, this is what happens when you get old. I just No, this shave. is what
1: happens when you get old. Well,
3: <laughs> and that's that's a funny thing. All all of my lady friends over at at the cycle place that I go cycle, uh, a bunch of them are hairdressers and I'm like, "How do I fix this?" And they're like, "Just shave that shit off." <laughs> <laughs> that shit. Yeah, you once you get,
1: once you get used to it. it, it's okay. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks
3: as long as you get used to it. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah, right. No, I think all that's right, what